Good morning and happy Thanksgiving. Welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Dominium Co., the barndominiumco.com, and served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Of course, we are always live from the Sinorama Studios, and we just cannot thank all those guys and gals enough for their support of our program and, most importantly, their support of you. We are thankful very much so this holiday season. Happy Thanksgiving week. This is our last show until Friday. Not that long. <laughs> we'll be off tomorrow uh, to spend time with our families, of course, but we can't wait to get back. It is, of course, rivalry week. And coming up on Saturday night, the Gamecocks and the Tigers will tangle at williams Bryce Stadium, the number 24 Tigers per last night's college football playoff rankings. We will get to that a lot today in our program. JC will be along in about an hour. We'll also be joined by Matt Anderson coming up at 1130. And at 1130, we'll be speaking with Derek Scott, the voice of Gamecock basketball. At noon, in addition to JC joining us, Mike Morgan will be here for two hours today. And if that's not enough, if you're tuning in right now and you see that inside the playbook logo, well, there's a reason for that. Perry Orth joins us now. He is on the way to thanksgiving with his family but he's been kind enough to do it while he's apparently riding in the car <laughs> bug eye and bushy-tailed uh on the way down to florida and hopefully he'll make it back in time to watch carolina kick off on uh on saturday evening but perry thanks for making time i'm sure you and shannon were just enjoying a nice shirt we've interrupted it so i apologize for that but we sure are glad to have you because this is an important week around here yeah that is i appreciate um coming on so actually not driving to florida driving to Asheville, north carolina for um got a a big opportunity that you know the next couple of weeks were just not good time and so we're gonna run up and try to make it happen but uh we're excited about the big game and we will be in attendance saturday wouldn't miss that for for nothing so what big game in the orth household Oh, you got that right. You got that right, Perry. What 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 is this game like playing in this game? What's it, I tell you what? Let me ask this question a little bit differently. I, I think we can all probably anticipate what you'd say. 
What is it like being a quarterback on the road in this game versus being a quarterback at home? Um, man, it's uh, it's tough. It's playing at Clemson or you know playing at Williams Bryce. If you're a Clemson player, is much like playing at any of the other top places in the country. There's just a bit more vested interest, clearly, because of the rivalry of the game. The, the best example that I can give, and I think I've shared it, Jamie, whether it was on, on the radio or any of shows that we've done together over the last seven or eight years, the, the, the easiest way to put into um, a picture of how important this game is, especially when you're the quarterback, is when I was in college, Thanksgiving Day, obviously I couldn't go home to Jacksonville because of the distance. So I went to North Augusta with my college roommate and spent the day with his family after practice in the morning and sitting around, he had a bunch of family in town and uh, sitting around and real quiet. Nobody, you know, just kind of having like high level conversation, like, Oh, I was the weather, whatever. And one of the cousins leaned over, looked at me, was a big Gamecock fan and just point blank asked, he said, You know, and everybody there was some Clemson, some Carolina, you know, kind of split down the middle. And he just leaned over and looked at me and said, you realize how big this game means, how much it means to our family, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow, Uh, pretty important. And this was two days before I was getting ready to start against the Tigers that day. Um, And uh, that extra added pressure, I mean, it it was certainly the most anxious I had ever been for a sporting event and not because of who we were playing as far as like players on the field. It was just the intensity of the game. And, you know, I I realize now being in South Carolina for 10 years of really how important it is to everybody here, you know, whether you're Clemson or Carolina and, you know, some of my best friends and closest friends are, He frees up on us, Phil. Where? Yeah. Go ahead, Perry. We got you. So, okay. No, I was saying it just for whatever reason is how it goes, and it um, it it it's just an intense week. It's just one of the greatest rivalries in all of college football. It's probably the most underrated rivalry in all of college football. Um, you know, you hear about the, you hear about Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Florida State. Washington, Washington State, I guess. None is more underrated than this one for sure. Well, there's no doubt. And and we talked about a lot of that this week, Perry, and, and the fact that this is a – I mean, you grew up in Florida, and um, so you certainly understand coming from the Sunshine State to the Pet State when you, when you have no pro sports and you grow up here, it's just college towns, you know. That's, that's all you've got. Everybody you know went to one or the other. And um, and that's just kind of what you get born to, and you get out of it. It's a trap. There's no doubt. Um, the the Gamecocks, so Perry, it felt like for a while that you know all hope was lost. And then last year, being down fourteen to nothing up there, you you, you as fans, I would venture a guess that ninety nine out of a hundred fans, out of every hundred fans that were watching, thought, oh my gosh. I mean, why can't we just not get out of this thing? 
and then it happened. Yeah. They did. Uh, Perry, uh, Spencer Rattler and all those defensive plays and Juice Wells, and, and they found a way to come back, and they clipped them 31-30. to 30. And, you know, since then, Carolina has gone on to, to lose a bowl game and now has got a three-game winning streak trying to get back to 500. But, but it took so much – it, like – it relieved a state's worth of pressure, it felt like, Perry. And and it just seems now, yeah. it just seems now that this program has just totally wiped out everything that happened from 2014 through 2021. And, and it looks like Shane Beamer and his football team are start Like, there, there's not a record out there. There's nothing that's ever happened before. It's a clean sh- uh, slate. And, and and I believe that will allow them to play a lot freer and looser and faster this weekend. It should. I think the, even more so than that, the fact that they're playing good football right now is something they should be excited about, that you got a three-game win streak. Defense has played phenomenal the last few weeks. Um, and, you know, we're for the most part, we're taking care of the football on, on offense. You know, we're not running it like we had hoped, but we've been very efficient. And we've, you know, we've had very timely scores and we're playing complimentary football. I'm hoping that Saturday special teams will play a huge role as it did last year, clearly with the fumble uh, by Antonio Williams to end the game. It's kind of the the nail in the coffin there for, uh, for Clemson. But, you know, we're, we're in a really, really good position. I don't think Clemson is They're Don't get me wrong. They're a really good football team, but they're not as good as they have been in hmm. he's uh he's jumping around on us out there huh Phil? yeah can you hear us perry but when you have on now yeah yeah i can can mm-hmm. hear you yeah there you go much right, better you got gotcha sorry yeah Sorry, it might be like that for maybe the next few minutes or so. No, it's but, okay. We're not going to keep you long anyway since we know you got no, a, you're on the road. And... I mean, it, it got you. So, well, um, look at – Yeah, special yeah. teams. Special teams has got to play a big part. Got to continue to have timely scores on offense. We can't allow them to get ahead. I know we, we beat them when they've done that, but – that, that's a huge, huge piece in, in this year's game. They run the football well, and trying to come back against a team that runs it well is a, is a hell of a challenge. Yeah, there's no question. And you mentioned the fact that this team's playing well. Nine turnovers on, from the defensive side in the last three games. Nine turnovers in three games at home. And, and that is generally what gets Clemson into trouble. They start coughing it up and, uh, and find themselves on the, on the wrong end of things. So – this defense, as confident as they're playing, they're going to need to find a way to force at least a couple more of this weekend, I would think, and, and you know, hopefully turn them into points. But nonetheless, it would keep the Tigers off the scoreboard on those drives. You know, kind of going back to the, the those four points and five, five points or five keys, if you'll call them that, that we talked about at the beginning of the season. Statistically, you know, I don't have stats on non-offensive touchdowns in comparison between the two teams. I don't know what those numbers are. Um, but I can tell you that 
we force more turnovers and we take care of the ball better than, than Clemson does. So that's a, a notch in our category. They run it better than, than we do. Um, and they're better on third down than we are. Um, but I'll tell you one difference. Um, and I think honestly, and not to sound cliche, but a, a, a huge pivotal um, key in this game is the fact that it's at Williams Bryce. Clemson has struggled mightily on the road this year and mm-hmm. They have not even come close to playing in a park like Williams Bryce will be on Saturday night. And um, that causes issues for any team and any offense. So um, their one equalizer would be if they run the ball well, but we've really, we've really played well against the run in the, in the last few weeks. And so if we, if we manage to do that again and uh, keep the crowd in it and not get behind and, you know, find a way for us to go up early, um, it's going to be a challenge for Clemson to come into that environment and come away with the win, especially considering all of the, uh, the circumstances uh, of, of the game and the rivalry and the intensity of it. Um, it, all, it all will play a huge part in, in, in the outcome on Saturday night. Perry, on, on, also on Saturday night, South Carolina has announced that 21 seniors will walk. Um, that doesn't mean that all 21 of them won't be back. But there are 21 guys who at least will be honored as this being potentially their last football game uh, under the lights of Williams Bryce Stadium in that uniform. How difficult is it to go through that emotion with your family and then run back into that tunnel and and stay focused early in the ball game when you're kicking things off? I, I think it's not as difficult as you might might think. I think that. It's an emotional experience. You get your family out there. You give Coach Beamer a big hug, and you move on. But then the second you you buckle that chin strap, um, it's game time, and you flush all those emotions down down the toilet, and you get ready to play play a heated football game. You know, like I think I've I've shared before. You know, when playing in in front of crowds, whether it's fifty thousand or eighty thousand, you don't necessarily see the crowd. Now, if you're playing on the road, you hear it, but you're more worried about the opposing 11 than you are feelings and emotions of senior night, et cetera. All of those emotions come when you're old and washed up like I am now about, man, what a great time it was. You know, you're so focused on your job and your role in the game that you, that, that stuff I think is a bit overhyped. And when you, you know, you are 30 years old and you are done playing, that's when you kind of sit back and you're like, man, that was a, really special moment and time in my life of, of getting to do, you know, what, you know, what you did as a, as a student athlete. Perry, we will more than likely see, we know we'll see Xavier Leggett for the last time and uh, more than likely, although he, he did crack the door of Tad yesterday, uh, but more than likely Spencer Rattler will throw his final passes in a Carolina uniform, at least at Williams Bryce stadium on Saturday night as well. I I find it very difficult to believe that South Carolina can win this game without both of them having special evenings. Um, This this has been, I mean, uh, you know, man, you and I know a lot of people that have played the game here and all the best guys. Um, uh, You weren't so bad yourself. But, you know, there's, there's been a lot of fantastic wide receivers and there's, and there's been a handful of really, really talented quarterbacks 
that have come through. And I don't mean this disrespectfully to you or Connor or anybody, but I ain't never seen one like like number seven. Um, he just is something something special. And Xavier Leggett is going to play in the NFL for a long, long time. Uh, so, in in your coming from your mouth, your brain, your words, your heart, what have we been watching this year with these two connect through eleven games and? What do you hope to see from them on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it kind of goes without saying Spencer Rattler, in my personal opinion, is the best passer the school has ever had. Um, natural thrower of the football, he's about as good as you can get at this level. Um, you know, Connor obviously still holds the – the crown for what he did as far as the wins and loss column, but a thrower of the football and a quarterback. I mean, he's probably the most talented. Um, and then his connection with Leggett has been, I mean, special. I mean, there's only been a handful of a thousand yard receivers, you know, I think Rattler's in the top five in South Carolina history and passing yards after not even finishing two full seasons. And um, those two connecting have been just phenomenal. And it goes to show that you can, um, we need to all do a better job of, of as fans and alumni of, of contributing to the NIL situation and ensuring really good players come and stay at South Carolina. Because ultimately that's where our next step as a fan base, you know, we come to the games, which is great, but are we doing our part to ensure that we can recruit and retain the best players in the country? You know, Spencer Rattler leaves for the NFL without NIL. Without the transfer portal, he, he never is here. So let's use those two which have been made evil Let's use those two to our goal and our benefit to get the best players here. Let's all contribute and all raise money to get and, and keep the best players in the country. Cause at the end of the day, it's a player's game. I mean, you look at Spencer Rattler, I mean, he top, I mean, I think he was the top quarterback in the country coming out of high school. And, you know, typically South Carolina doesn't go and recruit and, and, and get and sign the number one quarterback in the country. So um, with a, with a strong NIL presence, and, you know, recruiting the portal, I think that we'll be able to do that. But as far as what Spencer Rattler, I mean, he'll he'll have his own you know legacy here when he is done. But, you know, my big hope for him is that he stays a Gamecock and that when he goes off to the NFL, you know, and he's starting in a Monday night game, you know, he says University of South Carolina because um, I know that the fan base has been great to him and they've um, pretty much done everything they've said that they would do and, you know, I'll tell you, he's done everything that we anticipated him coming here that he would do. So it, I think it's been a really, really good marriage between both he and uh, the university. Final thoughts, Perry, on uh, the game Saturday evening, uh, how you think this thing might shake out. And if you've got any predictions to, to put in here, Carolina looking to not only get to a bowl game, but to start a winning streak uh, once again, that team in the upstate. Yeah, I do. I think South Carolina wins the football game. I think that uh, the the atmosphere at Williams-Brice will be nothing short of electric. I don't think that, um, you know, un, and I could be wrong, I don't believe that the quarterback at Clemson is going to come in here and dice him up. I think the defense has played well. That three, that three safety defense and three D line 
look that we've been giving, kind of given that cloud coverage has been really, really strong defensively. Uh, if we take the run away, um, we will win the football game. If we, if we win the rushing battle, oh my goodness. Yeah. We'll 1000% win the game. Um, but, um, I like, I like Carolina to win a, a 28, 21, 28, 24 type game where it's going to be back and forth. And, uh, I'll take South Carolina to, to lock in a bowl win, get a streak going against Clemson. And, uh, man, I just, you know, as, as us Gamecocks, we know, how great it is just to rub and wear that into our Clemson brethren of, uh, you know, they got a, they got a little arrogance about them as they should, but nothing like sticking it to them. You know, I had a Clemson fan the other day started jawing about Clemson. I said, yeah, you guys, you guys did great against us last year. And uh, there's not a whole lot, uh, not a whole lot they can say to, to come back from that. You know, I, I told my kids, their teacher is a Clemson fan, and I told them on Monday, they only had school Monday and Tuesday, I said, you don't have to listen to Miss Mary Francis this week, kids. And if you get put in timeout because of that, you let Daddy know and we'll handle it. And uh, <laughs> she didn't care for that a whole lot, but I told her, I said, yep. you know, if you want to earn your respect back, those colors off, and then, you know, we'll talk. So I hope you're right, my friend. I hope you're right. But most importantly, I hope you have a safe trip. Uh, enjoy Thanksgiving. This is you and Shannon's last Thanksgiving without being parents. I'm going to tell you this. Enjoy it as much as you can, my friend. Enjoy <laughs> it as much as you can. Uh, because moving forward, the holidays start evolving around schedules and things like that. And uh, you'll, you'll well know what that means here soon. But uh, wrap those arms around your beautiful bride for us and give her a holiday hug. And uh, hopefully Enjoy next it. week we t- we'll start talking about bowl season for the six and six Gamecocks. All right, brother. Appreciate your time and uh, go Gamecocks. Happy, have a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, man, I tell you, a win Saturday night would be, um, would be quite the treat after um, an up and down season that they've had so far. So we'll see. Finishing on and up though. Finishing on and up is is what you're wanting to do here. Thanks. There you go. Perry Orth, former quarterback at the South Carolina joining us on the road. I know it was a little choppy here and there. But uh, that's what happens when you travel a state that can only hold, you know, X number of people, and then you put X number of people on the roadways. But they say they're working on that. That's for another day, certainly. It is the holiday season. Uh, JC will be here at noon for the final couple hours. Generally, he's off on Wednesdays, so he had some things that he had to get done this morning, but he'll be here today. So, Mike Morgan. And coming up next, we'll be joined by both Matt Anderson of the Late Night Gamecock Show and Derek Scott, another one who is traveling for the holiday tomorrow. But hopefully uh, we'll get him in good service and be able to fuss and discuss some Gamecock hoops. And we'll also uh, get a prediction from Derek on the game this weekend. I also, Phil, as we head to break here, I also have rivalry trivia for you, Matt, Schubert, and the Golden Tones of Mike Morgan. Rivalry trivia. Can you name that game? type trivia oh okay like right, stump right. the stump the mad dog schwab <laughs> all right that's all right we'll give it I've our got best some, i got some good ones i've got some that are probably okay yeah gotta think about it a little bit but yeah i've got it and then i've got some that you're gonna go oh no no right? no <laughs> and whoever whoever uh whoever wins this game and I have no idea how I'll judge who wins this game, but whoever I deem the winner will get a bottle of chicken cock from me. 
How about that? Oh. Would you go ahead and send me the answers over here, JB? Uh, and then uh... be glad to. <laughs> I'd be glad to. We'll, 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 we'll. Uh, I think I've got a way to do this. So this is my Thanksgiving treat to our team here on uh, Inside the Gamecocks, the show. All right, uh, we do need to step aside. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Friday is what they call Black Friday, as we well know, and then Saturday is Rivalry Day. Friday has deals everywhere. One of them, or many of them, are coming from our great partners. You can check all of them out in the Chief Sports app. Just uh, click on the Holidays tab, and it'll scroll through a lot of the photos of a lot of our partners, and you click on those. It'll go to the websites. It'll go to the social media pages, and it'll help you find wonderful deals this holiday season for you and your family. We'll step aside. Derek Scott, Matt Anderson, both when we return. here in the south we don't always see eye to eye while our taste in college football teams or what sauce if any goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our dixie vodka might be up for debate we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate and like our favorite college teams our ingredients come from small towns and big cities they're grown in southern soil are crafted by southern hands and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond to raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company. 
where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. All right, it's 1130. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. Thanks to Jacoby Wright for doing that for us. Jacoby's having a nice start to the season. Matt Anderson popping in as well. Matt, of course, is the host of the Late Night Gamecocks show, which is part of the Chief Sports Network, and he is uh, one of the great historians that we have on Gamecock basketball, and so we have asked him to come in because we get to talk to the one of the finest voices out there Gamecock Nation, of course, is very lucky to have Derek Scott calling Gamecock basketball and baseball games in the spring, and he's on the road for Thanksgiving, much like our previous guest, uh, Mr. Perry Orth, but he has been kind enough to join us here for a few minutes on uh, what is the day before one of the great holidays of the year. Hey, hey, Derek. How we doing, fellas? Well, we're doing better now that you've joined us, man. You've been doing quite the traveling. You just got back from Arizona. Now you're going to West Virginia. Where else you headed? Oh, that's it, man. Uh, oh, okay. I've been back here to see the family. I've, yeah, I've been gone enough. I went one night in town there and uh, made a visit to the coaches' show last night. Saw Shane and all the regulars down there, and uh, and and then back on the road this morning. But that that will uh, that will be the end of it for a while because Gamecock basketball is at home for the next couple weeks, other than a trip to Clemson. One to East Carolina, which those will be quick quickies. So yeah, I'm 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 locking down for a while after this. Well, we owe you a, a, a debt of gratitude. Uh, the last time we spoke with you on the air, we kindly asked you to head to Arizona and bring back a pair of wins, and you did just that. Uh, Seventy-three to sixty-eight and seventy-five to sixty-eight. Carolina now for the first time since the year they went to the Final Four, Derek. Is five and zero. Oh. Uh, tell us about that trip and what how you saw this team perform, how they maybe grown up a little bit, and uh, now they've got some time off before Notre Dame comes to town. Yeah, it was it was kind of a strange trip insofar as the first game when you just recited the scores, JB. It, it, it was ironic because almost identical scores and yet completely different feelings about those two games. Uh, disappointed in the performance against DePaul. Uh, and only winning by, you know, a few points there, getting out of there with a five-point five win because that's that's just, hey, it's not, a, it's not a good DePaul team. And South Carolina scored 41 first-half points in spite of being sloppy with the basketball. You go into the locker room up nine, and you're thinking, we're a 20-point winner here tonight. And then instead, you're sweating it out at the end to hold on for the win, and that was uh, – that was frustrating, but boy, they turned around on Sunday 
and looked like they were much more focused and dialed in and needed to be because Grand Canyon is a real solid team. And it was, you know, not quite a full home game for the uh, Lopes, but it felt closer to that than it did a neutral court game based on the proximity to their campus and all of the students and fans that had come over to Glendale to watch them and cheer for them. And uh, South Carolina, after being behind four to nothing, really just took over and never lost control of the game the rest of that contest. It was a really, I thought, an encouraging performance. And B.J. Mack was just tremendous. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, appreciate you, Derek, and uh, and bringing that hardware back for us. That's something that Gamecocks um, are lacking over the last couple of years, um, filling up that trophy case, which would be a lot of fun. Um, Derek, I want to get your take on this. Um, I know that JB's talked about this on, on this particular show, but the Gamecock basketball players, especially on the men's side, are begging fans to come to the games. And it's 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 high time for South Carolina fans to show up at Colonial Life Arena. You know, November 28th, we have a name brand team, a Notre Dame team coming in there. What are your expectations for the fans to to, to show up and, and to be there? And, and where do you think that's going right now with South Carolina? Oh, I think it's going to go in the right direction. I, I mean, let's just be honest and to, that we've never drawn well as long as football season was going on. Yeah. Uh, that that's always been seemingly a bridge too far to ask people to be able to, to do both. But the other side of that is the student turnout's been outstanding for the first couple games. And your atmosphere generally is made or broken by whether your students are there. Um, and they will still be on campus before the semester is out for the next couple home games, specifically this Notre Dame game you referenced on Tuesday. And I do. I think the community is noticing just, just in terms of what I hear from people. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited right now because when you look at the Gamecocks, you know, only five games, small sample size. But the Gamecocks have an effective shooting percentage of 55.5%, which ranks top 40 in the country at 39th in the in the nation. And then the other thing the Gamecocks are doing well is their offensive rebounding percentage is 23.8%, which means they are rebounding 23.8% of um, opponents' missed shots. And that's good for 44th in the country. And the Gamecocks are, are playing an exciting brand of basketball right now. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. I think over the last couple of years, we've, you know, last year was different. You know, Lamont's first year, you really can't build a system and your culture in that short amount of time, especially with the Gigi Jackson stuff. But, you know, Frank Martin played, you know, if you talk to Frank, Frank would say it was a fast paced game. It was a, a, he was playing fast, a lot of possessions, but it didn't seem that way when you were watching the games. No, I, I agree <laughs> with that. I know. And I know we briefly lost Derek there for a second, but I mean, you know, Derek, one of the things that this team is doing is they're answering. And and I because they can hit shots to, to Matt's point just a moment ago. I could hear it in your voice the other night. You're such a pro, but you can hear it when you get frustrated and, and, and you have every right to be the officiating was questionable at best over the weekend. Um, and on TV, you could see it. it. It wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. But those guys, this is such an older experienced group of players. They just 
you know, even when Studi got teed up, you know, just run by, right back down the floor, just pop a couple of shots and kind of reclaim the lead and, and, and maintain status quo out there. And, and I think that says a lot about this group being as mature as they are. Yeah, you've got to play through that stuff. I mean, as much as it can be frustrating, um, if you're on the court, you have to just keep keep plugging. And that's a team in Grand Canyon, and Lamont said it, it's hard to officiate their games because their main two ball handlers are just going to put their heads down and charge towards the rim, and officials have to decide how much of that they're going to call and how much of it they you know, have to just allow to play on. And it gets frustrating if you're at the defensive end because, what I mean, what do you do? You're in position. They've just got their head down charging into you. So South Carolina adapted, took more charges in that game than we probably take in the rest of the season. Yeah, and to your and to your point there, Derek, um, one of the things is you have to adjust early to what the officials are going to call because – Sorry, Derek, Derek, you're kind of going in and out for me. I'm not sure if that's the same for JB and Phil. But, um, but yeah, to your point, you know, being able to adjust on the fly like that is a big deal because every game is not going to be called the same way. And it's the same way, JB, when you played baseball. I mean, you had guys that crowded the plate and, you know, just forced the umpire to call, to call a, a striker or a ball. And, you know, you had guys that crouched down low and the, that pitcher has to adjust to that in, in that moment. And, it's no different than basketball because at that point you have to say, okay, we're going to have to change how we're going to play defense here. And you're going to have to stand your ground at some point, but you know, and it doesn't help with the fishing nowadays either because the referee would might've been a charge call or a blocking foul earlier in the game. They can change on a whim there. And you, it, it's hard to play defense the same way that I was listening to you guys talk yesterday with Hale. It's hard to play defense in college football right now too. Yeah. And you see that across the country. Yeah, no, no question. Can you got us back, Derek? Can you hear us okay? Yep, yep, sure can. How, how about Jacoby Wright? He's just picking up where he left off at the end of last season. Uh, I believe you mentioned Jacoby Wright. It kind of echoed on me there. I don't know if you yeah. guys can still hear me or not. If you yep, can, I can hear you. I'll just I'll, I will say this about Jacoby. He is a great story because you have watched his development over the last couple of years. And, you know, that's the thing with, with he, a little, you know, like Xavier Leggett, what you start out as is no reason to think that's what your, you know, your floor and your ceiling can be drastically different. And I think, uh, you know, Jacoby's showing that. He probably had too much on his plate early last year, but he learned from it. And by the end of the season, he had, you know, figured out what he could do to contribute an SEC play and what he should stay away from. And he had become a very solid contributor for the team down the stretch. And so far this year, he's accepted that sixth man role. And, I mean, he has just been really, really solid for this team. He's been your leading bench scorer in all but one game. He's hit some really clutch baskets and, and certainly against Grand Canyon. Uh, you know, he had a couple of hoops for you late that were really, really big. He's a very reliable guy, uh, you know, in terms of his ability to go to the line and make free throws in big moments. He, I, I, he's an integral part of this team, and you you need guys like that who can fit into that sixth-man role, play a, as many minutes as a lot of starters, and, uh, and, and know what their, their, you know, reasons are out there for, for success. And, and I think that he, he fits that model about as well as anybody could hope for. And – 
he knows the program. You know, he's he's been with Lamont now. He's in his second season. He's in his third year of playing this level of basketball. You know, in reality, he should be stepping up to the plate like this. And and he is um, he's he's I think proven to be a real valuable commodity for this team. I, t- I tell you what, man, it's your it, when you watch Lamont with these guys, it feels like they play confident. I don't know what the relationship is or how he does his things, but um, it, but you watch these guys and, and you can see some belief there. Is there a player on this team that you would you would say, well, that guy right there, he's the heart and soul of Gamecock basketball. Like, is there is there that guy or collectively are they just kind of all getting it done? I think it's more of a collective because, I mean, Michi is still very much a vocal leader for this bunch. And, again, he's been there longer. Uh, and there are nights like Friday where he can just take over. Uh, but he also is not afraid to step back when someone else has the hot hand like BJ did on Sunday. Or even if you th- – and the, the reason I say that is you go back to that Virginia Tech game, Michi wasn't even on the court for the, you know, the really vital last few possessions because – Lamont found a group that he liked the way they were playing in that moment, and he wasn't going to disrupt that. And that had Jacoby, and that had Zach on the floor, and Michi didn't pout about that. And and, I, and I, that's why I would say that there's not really one guy because they've proven in various settings the ability to win without guys who you might have put at the top of that list as possible answers to that question. They've, they've won big without Michi having a big game. They've won a big game without B.J. having a big game. Now, B.J. stepped up in their two biggest wins, you know, Virginia Tech and uh, and Grand Canyon. But I don't think that he's got to necessarily have those kinds of big performances, you know, for this team to, to have success. It, it certainly opens a lot of other doors, though, when he plays well because of the position he plays and the fact that, Defense is having to respect a big man who can go out on the perimeter and shoot threes and play in that pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop scenario. That opens the lane up. You can get some really good floor spacing. And I think that was obvious in watching what Grand Canyon suffered from a little bit on Sunday and that they don't have a reliable three-point shooter. And so they couldn't really space the floor the way they needed to for their guards to have the success driving that they that they want to, uh, that's their whole offense is predicated on their two perimeter guys getting to the basket, and uh, if you don't have to respect the other guys on the court from a three point standpoint, that you can clog things up and make it harder for those two to have success, and and that's what South Carolina was able to do. Whereas the court was very much opened up early because BJ hit what he hit three threes in the first half. I think that so. changes how the, that changes how they have to guard him, uh, and that allows other guys like Jacoby Wright to get into that mid range game and, and all the way to the rim in some instances, uh, because guys who are six nine and six ten can't just sag and, and be true rim protectors. And to JB's point there, Derek, um, one of the things that I've noticed, and um, this came across some, you guys know this, but folks that have been around my show and this show, my brother played college basketball and. You know, when you're around the team like you are, Derek, you see a lot of things. But one of the things that my brother immediately said when we were watching the game on Saturday or Friday night, actually, against DePaul was like, I would love to play for Lamont Paris. He seems like a a player's coach, but he's also going to hold you accountable, which is yep. you know, obviously really, really important. Um, he's young enough to relate to them, 
but at the same time, he's not on social media either. <laughs> so, I mean, there's kind of like that, <laughs> that little, that little break there. Um, but Derek, one thing is I wanted to ask you, it looked like against DePaul, Chico Carter was having a good time playing against his former, former teammates. What is that like for you in this transfer era that we, that we live in now where Chico, I know, you know, Chico extremely well. What, what was that like against DePaul? And, you know, what was that, what was that feeling in the locker room before the game about Chico? Um, you know, my brother was saying if a guy transferred from our team and we were playing against him, like we were going to give him the Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen treatment against Tony Kukoc in the Olympics. Like he was not going to score a point. But how, how did you feel that whole dynamic went with Chico the other night, Derek? I thought, yeah, I thought Chico would play well in that game. I thought he'd be heavily motivated. He was. Did. Uh, but, you know, where it was strength, to me, it goes all the way back to our first exhibition. We come out of the gates, we got Wofford and B.J. Max playing all those dudes yeah. to be his teammates. Uh, and, and so it seemed like every game there's some some alignment that you can find. It, it is strange. It's nearly every night out. There's something that feels like. I know it's not true every game. Around the resort. Yeah, Derek. Derek, I think we lost you there. Maybe you'll come back into service here in a second. But um, it was just it was kind of funny for me because one of my good friends is the head basketball coach at Cardinal Newman. So he he coached Chico, and yeah. he was just he was kind of telling me like Chico's got this one circled. Like he's really excited for this game and. It, it was fun to watch because obviously we're always pulling for the Gamecocks to win. But when you have those personal connections and relationships, you, you almost want everybody to be successful with your Gamecocks winning the game. But yeah. um, Chico, Chico had a fantastic game. Um, was really yeah, excited and, for and, him. And, I know that. No, I was going to say Dieter's right. And I thought the same thing, that it would be that way. You know, what, what I was saying before you guys, before I got bumped off again, it, what was strange to me wasn't so much the game. Yeah, we might. We're yeah, so when Derek said Dieter, um, Phil Dieter is the head coach at Cardinal Newman, who coached um, who cho- coached Chico. Yeah, I hate we lost him there, but that's okay. Phil, if you, if we if you get him back, you can certainly plug him back in here. It's eleven forty eight on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. For those that may have missed the news, Derek hit the nail on the head on this program last week. As a matter of fact, they were playing in the Arizona tip off with the hopes of getting an invite to a little bit of a larger tournament, and they got it. Uh, the mm-hmm. Suncoast Credit Union Arena will host uh, next year's 2024 Fort Myers tip-off, Michigan, Xavier, Virginia Tech, and the Gamecocks. That is going to be a uh, a tough round of of opponents down there. So looking forward to that one. It's a long ways away, but uh, just wanted to make sure we gave Derek a tip of the cap because he had kind of hinted that they were looking to get into a bigger tournament. These are all kind of run by the same people, and that news came out on Monday. Uh, so looking forward to that next year as well all right uh we will step aside it's 11 50 final time out hour one matt anderson will stay this don't go anywhere inside the gamecocks the show we'll be right back 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find a West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Final five minutes, hour one, inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back. Served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Make sure – I was I live on – for anybody that doesn't realize this, I actually live down in the low country, and uh, and I live out on John's Island. And yesterday I went by my favorite liquor store, Stono Liquors. So if you're in the area, I'm giving these guys free plugs because they take care of me. They had five bottles of Chicken Cock left. Five. And I took one. So they have four. They have four, and now I have four, <laughs> but they have four too. So if you're in this area and you can't find it for some reason or it's sold out, I mean, all you got to do is pull up your app and type in your address wherever you are, and it'll show you who has it wherever you, whatever's near you. 
But um, so out here on John Down, they got a few, but uh, but that's all that's left. All well, right, Matt. This, JB, I'm up real here quick. in Taylor's, I can I can assure you, there's only one up here. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. There were two, and then I brought <laughs> well, I can, one. <laughs> I can tell you right now that um, I'm in this holiday bourbon exchange type thing. Um, just a couple of friends. And, um, you know, I went to go specifically look yesterday when I got invited to this for chicken cock and I couldn't find it in Florence. So the word is spreading. If you want to get your chicken cock, go ahead and go find the website, go find where it's at because it is excellent bourbon and yep. makes a fantastic gift at the holidays. Um, you know, go grab some now. So you have it ready for Saturday to toast to hope, hopefully a Gamecock victory. It's it's just pull up the Chief Sports app and click that Chicken Cock Challenge button. It's easy. Type in your address wherever you are. It'll show you how close it is. Matt, we only got a few minutes left with you, and then we got to slide back to a uh, a, a quick timeout here. But uh, certainly want to get your thoughts on what's happening Saturday night at Williams Bryce Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I think Hale yesterday hit the nail on the head. Um, it's a line of scrimmage game. Uh, Clemson's given up 19 sacks on the season. Um, they haven't been a phenomenal offensive line over the course of the entire season. I think the Gamecocks have to get after the quarterback like they have the last three games. Um, I think the turnovers are going to be, you know, it, it, it's silly. You know, football really is a simple game <laughs> when you break it down. But um, I, I I don't think that you have to worry about Cade Klubnick having that career game against South Carolina. I think they're going to rely on running the ball. I think that, you know, against North Carolina, what they have 55 rushes in that game. Um, you know, watching that North Carolina Clemson game, that could have easily been twenty-one nothing quickly for North Carolina. Yeah. Um, I look. I, <laughs> this is one of those times when I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, I'm hoping the Gamecocks find a way to win it. Um, I think that their offensive line isn't great. Um, you know, can we get a push? Can we stop the run? I think if the Gamecocks stop the run, I think there's an opportunity for the Gamecocks to win by two touchdowns. I really yeah. do. Um, that's just where I'm at with it, but I would anticipate a game very similar to the Vanderbilt game. I think that this is, or not the Vanderbilt game, that would be fantastic, <laughs> but very similar to the Kentucky game. Um, that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. I think it's going to be a fourth quarter game. I think both teams are going to kind of go on their runs. Um, I think that the crowd needs to play a big part in the game. I think the crowd is going to be ridiculous Saturday night. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game experience. Um, just, you know, make sure you don't throw those batteries because Clemson's still still saying we throw batteries, which is the biggest horse crap thing I have ever heard come out of their mouths. And, and there, there's a lot of horse crap I hear come out of Clemson mouths, but that one's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, uh, it's kind of weird. There's we got no basketball this weekend, uh, maybe some ladies basketball, but no men's basketball. We got a little break. Um, all eyes are on Saturday night. There should be a lot of fun at Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, talking crap across the table. Um, I really do wish this was a situation where both teams were playing for bowl eligibility. Um, I know that Clemson wants nothing less than to stop South Carolina from going to a bowl game. Don't think that's not going to be something they talk about and they celebrate. And um, that's where I'm at with it, JB. What what, what are y'all's thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think that um, I, certainly the crowd, it's going to be cold. So make sure you've got Make sure you got that chicken cock early on that afternoon. The, the high temperature in Columbia keeps dropping. Now it's only 57. Uh, so it is going to be chilly that night in, in Williams-Brice Stadium. But, look, I, I think I, I think at the end of the day, it's really important that they, they find ways to create 
opportunities down the field for Spencer Rattler. I mean, everybody has talked about the run game and the lack thereof and whatever it is, but he he there's there's a little bit of PTSD slash deja vu that could come into play this weekend if he can get hot and get going against the Tigers. Kind of that, oh, no, here we go again, and we're not in our own ballpark. Um, because he's better than Cade Klubnick, but don't think for two seconds they're not telling Cade Klubnick that in that locker room over there. He's been hearing that, too, so he's going to want to come out and prove his own worth. But I think it will be a close game. I really do. Uh, and um, But we'll make our picks around here on Friday. But um, I think it'll I think it'll be a pretty tight game, and and I think turnovers at the end of the day, one team or another, is what's going to decide it. Yeah, and um, Craig, who's always on all of these shows, Craig is a great supporter. Um, he made note, and maybe you guys have talked about it, that South Carolina under Shane Beamer is ten and zero at home when they force at least one turnover. Mm-hmm. I think that that's going to happen. So I think there will be at least one turnover that the Gamecocks force, and if you're you know, a bet man, you bet on 10 in a row. That's 100%. We'll take it. Um, before I get out of here, I know you guys got 12 o'clock. I got to tell you yesterday, I had um, my headphones in. I was listening to y'all's show. And I just heard this beating on the keyboard. And like I even said audibly to myself, who the hell is beating on that keyboard? Like, I got to tell these guys about it. And then Mike came on and he... He totally <laughs> set JC straight there. <laughs> Love JC, but I was like, oh my God, that's annoying. Yeah. It's a bit of a thing. It's it's <laughs> that's his uh that's his signature move. He's like a wrestler. Yeah, right. That's his signature <laughs> I mean, move. If you've shook if you've shaken JC's hand before, he's got some big mitts and he is putting all the force behind whatever he is yeah. typing. Yeah, I know it's a, and Phil and I, I don't know how many times we've had these private talks about this with him in our meetings and whatever else it took uh, Mike calling him out on uh, what we call national television uh, to maybe, yeah, when, maybe when Mike call calls JC out, time. he's going to listen. I can promise you that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt. Matt, we'll let you run on that note, man. Hey, thanks for thanks, all you Tom. do. We really appreciate you and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And uh, in addition to that, of course, have a wonderful weekend. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Go Gamecocks, and let's get the win on Saturday. Talk to y'all soon. You got it. Next week. We'll see you next week. There you go. Matt Anderson with the Late Night Gamecock Show. Time out. When we return, the anthem, a special tribute from us to you this holiday season, and a little bit of a peek behind the curtain at who we really are. And, of course, we'll be joined by the Golden Tones of Mike Morgan and J.C. Sherbert. Don't go anywhere. Inside the Gamecocks, we'll be right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state 
and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. Because you've become my own. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down.
Happy Thanksgiving from us here inside the Gamecocks, the show, and the Chief Sports Network. Sure am thankful for these guys here. And Phil Molinax and JC will be along here in just a moment, but thought it would be a good time to give all of you a peek at what we're thankful for this holiday season. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. I So I heard the music. I Was there a photo montage with that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I missed it, but. I'm sure everybody looked good. <laughs> no, that's, it's all good. Okay. Uh, it's all good. That's uh, no big deal. Only Did Baxter make it? Baxter made it. Baxter yeah. made it there at the end. I haven't talked about that, and I know you went through this, um, ironically enough, just a couple weeks before me, but uh, uh, anybody knows me, knows I'm a dog lover, and um, sadly, Baxter passed away at 7 
Uh, I know JC got to meet Baxter and kind of fell in love with him as well. He's a Boston Terrier. He's as good a dog as you can ever have. And honestly, I haven't brought it up because it, it was just way too early for me to talk about it without having a reaction. Uh, it's still hard to talk about, but uh, without getting into it, he he had uh, he went six years 100% healthy, and then the final year he started having seizures, which is not that uncommon in dogs, particularly in uh, Boston Terriers. And then one night he had cluster seizures, so they just kept coming. And so I had to rush him to the emergency hospital and uh, two days in intensive care, and it truly was like losing a loved one and way, way too soon. So not to start off the segment on a downer, but no. since you asked for the pictures and since they played, I feel like I ought to at least explain that and uh, go from there. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it is, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've, it's uh, it very, it kind of sucks to be honest with you. This is going to be the first Thanksgiving in 16 years. I haven't spent it with capers, letting him eat off, eat the rest of my plate. So yeah, uh, it just, it's hard, but you know, he'll be there somewhere. Well, I know where he is downstairs right now. He's always, he's always peeking at us from the, uh, from the mantle. So yeah. maybe we'll take a plate over to him anyways. If it disappears, and then he's really in there somewhere. And I got I got fooled in this whole ordeal. But, yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And uh, Amen. Glad Amen. to have everybody here. Hey, JC. Why in the hell did I choose to join the, the show right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I debated whether even not to bring it up. Yeah, right, because, but the montage played, and I, I couldn't see the pictures for some reason. Maybe it's my internet, but um, I just saw like a fireplace. Um, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, that would you definitely guys, be your internet. Yeah, it's, yeah uh, it's you, you know, you know, um, I, I've, I've hurt with you two on this. So yeah, gosh, for those I that just, don't know, I mean, yeah. when J when JC was in Atlanta, he he helped me uh with dog I'm I'm out of town a lot for for work and he helped yeah. me uh with dog sitting on a number of occasions and uh, JC was like the ultimate stepdad. Uh, I love that dog. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, I mean and, and and he got along with JC's dog. They became bros. So it's like a it, it's kind of extended here to a couple of members of the ITG family. <laughs> Well, and, and uh, I was at Jamie's the night Capers yeah, last night. He was on here. Earth. I was oh, I was gosh. staying with Jamie. I was, yeah, I was supposed to leave with him to go to Mount Pleasant for a Carolina Rise event, and things just started happening out of you know out of kind of out of nowhere. And I told JC, I said, I, I can't leave. I'm not. I don't know what's going on here. How old and was he? Sixteen. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I had Kramer before. Baxter and Kramer lived to be 15 and it's never a good time to go but it's certainly at that age you you're a little more prepared for it I guess you could say uh Baxter was in the prime of his life and still very vibrant and smart and playful and everything um but it was just a kind of a disease that really uh mm -hmm. took over and the only thing that I'm thankful for there is that for all the days that I'm away from home and have to uh, have people watch Baxter, I was with him when when all that uh, went down, uh, yeah. and I'll save you the gory details of going to emergency hospitals uh, for your uh, dog and making tough decisions and all that good stuff. But anyway, uh, 
Let's get back into some positive stuff. Whew. Well, all right. It it Heavy. is it is uh, Thanksgiving week, and we uh, thank Derek Scott and um, Matt Anderson and Perry Orth for joining us all in hour number one. Mike, JC, Phil, and myself will take you home here in hours two and three. So I've surprised the three of you twice. One with the video. Neither one of you saw it except for Phil. <laughs> and, uh, and the other with rivalry trivia. You didn't know that was coming. See, that's that's what a good host does. Throws a curveball. You can either hit it or you can't. Mike, you know that you know the game of baseball. You can either hit a curveball or you can't hit a curveball. Yeah. You, know, you work on sure. it all you want to, but you either you can either hit it or you can't hit. So we're gonna find out who can hit. And and whichever whichever one of you three wins rivalry trivia on me, bottle of chicken cock. Obviously, Mike, I, I know you're in the clear. Phil, I know you're in the clear. JC, I'll need to get clearance from Nat on that. It might just be a bottle of Miller Lite, but one way or another, I'll care. A case of Miller. Give me just a case of Miller, dude. I mean, actually, you, you can send the chicken cock for her. You know, she she she'll. <laughs> She she oh, she she she'll dive she'll dive into that, but not. Uh, I can't do like I mean it's very. I'll have a shot every now and then, uh, and a bloody mary every now and then, and then if I'm really feeling myself, I'll have a great goose martini at the end of the night. Well, now that that's really feeling yourself. Over that's uh, yeah, uh, you know, but that's very rare. I, I, I'm just I'm a beer guy. And, uh, goose, I'm not a beer snob. We need to have a talk over that. Ray Goose over Tito's. Well, see, or Dixie. I was in, I was into or Goose Dixie. before, uh, before there was a Tito's or a Dixie. So, but yeah, so yeah, I don't need to be talking about other vodka brands here on, on the show. So yeah, yeah no, it's, no. it's Dixie. It's a Dixie Martini. I'm in remember? Kentucky, Jamie. You tell those fine folks over there. I'm ready to pick up my bottles. I know it's a, it's a short I, drive to Paris from Frankfurt. I can I've get got you the game Friday I in Lexington, but you let them sure. know I'm in town. Would you want to maybe do a tour over there on Friday? Sure, absolutely. Let me see if. Let me see if well, I, can I can't do it away. Friday because I've got the Kentucky uh, Marshall game Friday night on uh, SEC Network. But um, uh, and then I leave for Falcon Saints on Saturday. But um, okay. hell, I could do it today. I could do it uh, Thanksgiving. No, I'm not going to get away with that. No. <laughs> well, maybe another time. Maybe another time. I don't know that I'd be trying that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get away with that. Um, priorities, priorities. We've got, of course, uh, the our drive around the SEC coming up here in the next segment, and then we will have our Fab Five. It will be uh, we'll all make those picks in the final hour today. The five, the Fab Five for Rivalry Weekend is up on the Chief Sports app, and you can just click on it and and have your fun. Yeah, uh, the Salsaritas Fab Five, I, I might say. Congratulations and, uh, to Matt Meetsy. I hope okay. I'm pronouncing that right, Matt. Matt Meetsy of Mets. It's probably Mets. M-E-E-T-Z-E. Probably Mets, because my now my grandmother didn't spell it that way. But well, uh, Mets would be M-E-O-T-Z-E, right? Or M-E-T-S. M-E-T-Z, M-E-T-T-S. Right. Uh, well, Matt from know. Irmo, you're the big winner, my friend. you got to yes, I've already uh, had contact with him. He's an elated individual, regardless how he pronounces his last name. He's getting a free Fiesta pack from Suki and Salsaritas. His That's life awesome. will be changed forever, and somebody else will have their life changed forever with the winner of this week's Rivalry Week installment. 
of the yeah. Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the Salsaritas Fab Five Challenge this week is pretty neat uh, because obviously the picture on there, but um, it the the Mike, you have two very very interesting. You've got a very interesting over under question, yeah, and then the tiebreaker is very interesting. They're both related to the Carolina game this weekend, uh, uh-huh. the Palmetto Bowl. And uh, one of those is personal foul penalties, and the other is the punting average of Kai Kroger. And yeah, both of yeah. those could be major contributors to who wins the game. I'm quite proud of those, if, if you can't tell. Um, you know, I, I always come up with something related to the Carolina game on the fifth part of the Fab Five, and then the tiebreaker, of course, involves that game. I used to, going back to uh, the years doing Columbia Sports Talk, the Fab Five was all Carolina Clemson props, but I wanted to uh, keep this and kind of keep our rhythm going. I know, uh, Jamie, you do a special version of that on Friday. So uh, the personal foul penalties is one I always used to do on Carolina Clemson week because it always seems to to rear its ugly head. So one and a half is the over-under on that. How many 15-yard penalties for that? Rivalry games usually are pretty high in those particular infractions. And then Kai Kroger for me, I mean, I brought this up like a month ago. I don't understand, and maybe it's picked up the last couple weeks. You guys have probably been more focused on it than me, but I don't understand how an All-American punter just all of a sudden gets the yips and um, it just wasn't punting as well as he was a year ago. That's very rare. Like, you see kickers go into that kind of funk every now and then. But it's rare to see a punter have a significant drop-off. So uh, average yards, it could be 42.7, could be 51.8. Have a feeling, whatever it is, it'll have a significant impact on the game. I I think think special teams, which have been a little bit uneven this year for Shane Beamer and company, uh, will play a a role in this kind of game. Yeah, I I will say he did have his – so he punted – the most times in any game this season versus Kentucky last week, eight punts. Wow. And he did average 44 yards a punt, which is the most he's averaged since the 46.8 on just uh, four punts in the Missouri game back on October the 21st. And he also, uh, one of those was a 54-yarder, which is the longest since he punted a 57-yarder in the Florida game on October the 14th. So, I, you could make the argument outside of the North Carolina game mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, or yeah, North Carolina, maybe Mississippi State, uh, that that was his best punting game of the season. He did have a couple there late in the ball game that um, that got around the ten yard line, and those were important punts. Uh, and we know how big that, he was in last year's game against Clemson. Well, and that's why. And so again, you know, we'll well, I guess when we do our Fab Five, uh, we don't have to, we, we don't pick this part, but. I personally believe this is going to be a nice week for Kai Kroger. I think that there is there's that mental edge of everything, and and I just I mean he, he you can make the argument he won the game last year for for South Carolina. You can make the uh, argument, no question, no question. So like you know I I just think that 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 is going to be something where he will uh, that will get him going this weekend. It's going to be cold, but I think that'll get him going. I'll say this too. And I don't know if, if anybody has rewatched the game. If you were there and, and you didn't see it on TV, uh, uh, Jordan Rogers was was talking to Tom Hart about it in the ball game, and because Kai did get one off that really didn't go. I don't know, maybe 38, 39, 40 yards, 
And Jordan Rogers made the comment. He said, I was down on the field before the game, and this kid was booming him 60 yards. And he was because I was watching it. And then it's mental. It's just right there. It's, it's, it's 100% mental. I mean, I, I always avoid, you'll hear announcers do this, and sometimes we're told, you know, a producer goes in the air, remember he was, the kicker was hitting him from 62 in warm-ups, and I just hit him back and talk back. But that's freaking warm-ups. Like, that's yeah. not, in warm-ups, you don't have to rely on a proper snap, a proper hold. You don't have a defensive line pressuring you, and you don't have to kick it in front of 80,000, 90,000 people. So uh, unless it's the NFL, like where they're practically robots, kickers and punters in the NFL are just a ridiculously high level. Um, in college, what, what he does in warm-ups doesn't mean a whole lot to me because he could look great in warm-ups and then all of a sudden lay a major egg once those lights are on. Yeah, there's no question. He's going to need to uh, need to leave the eggs in the egg carton this weekend and uh, when the lights come on, crack them or however the hell you want to say that all right uh we gotta go to break <laughs> i ran i thought i had something unique to say there cute i did i had nothing i, I literally just went blank you know so, sometimes uh, you pull the trigger there's there's no ammunition i was like oh my god what am i about to say here i have no idea what i'm about to say that that just that sucks all right um we've got to uh, take a drive around the sec so real quick before we go though rivalry trivia there's no easy way to do this outside of whoever answers it first gets the point you know like like alex trebek so i've got your your mother trebek i will i will name the game and the first person to raise their hand big hat the the first person to raise their hand gets to answer the first because if you blurt it out, it might be real close, you know, and I don't know. So you got to raise your – I got to see the hand right. rate. Okay. I'll, I name the game. You name the two teams that play in it. Okay? Uh, I, I'll apologize uh, in advance if I raise my hand too fast and hits my mic. Okay. As long as it's not on the keyboard, know. it's all good. Yeah. All you out there – I think I found the sweet spot, though. I think I've got the sweet spot now, so I think we're good. But just and go I, ahead and apologize. I'm trying to be very still, like 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 you know when your mom when you're a kid, you're three years old. It's like let's let's play this the, the very still game. Be very yeah. still. I'm being very now. still. Yeah, yeah. very quiet. I play that game. Look, the quiet <laughs> game's awesome. Yeah, I love that game. <laughs> Fifty-two card pickup. We just started that. All right, but try let's do the honor system here. Don't just raise your hand and have no idea just to to, to stall because you'll actually be stalling for somebody else to figure it out. No, no, all of you uh, exit out of your chat box. Don't look at the chat box. I can trust Morgan. Every time Phil cheats, so Phil, get out of the chat box. You do this every time. I moved. I'm, right I'm moved to private chat. So yeah, I am. Okay. Here's I think I'm the, the favorite, though, according to the Craiger in the chat box. Said I'm the yeah, favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. So, here we go. We're gonna run this out of time before this, this contest one, starts. I'm gonna give you the name of the game, and <laughs> one of you gives me the two teams. The Bayou Classic. JC, go ahead. Southern and Grambling. Oh, was I right? He is correct. JC gets. Is he here? Well, (laughs) (laughs) is he here? Played in Atlanta now. I had to come up with my own. uh, My own. They they played in Atlanta. They move it around. They move it around. They move it around. Yeah, New Orleans. They'll play that this weekend. Southern and Grambling. JC has one point here on. Inside the Gamecocks rivalry trivia. 
All right, when we return, Mike Morgan will take the horns and drive us around the SEC in one of those beautiful Chevy 2500s from Love Chevrolet. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in the Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. It's now time to take a drive around the SEC. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, 1228 here on the rainy, dreary day where I am, where I am, before Thanksgiving. Is it raining I in just your got your, 
Sorry, Jamie, I just got your memo. My bad. It's okay. I, I am I'm a pro and I can pick up on when it hasn't been picked up on. You just, <laughs> you just move on. You just you just uh, you know. Everybody thinks they can do it, Mike. They can't. Yeah, you that, know? That's right. That's right. Sometimes everybody else is on scholarship when you're running point. I I know I, 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 that's the expression we have at, at six eighty the fan in Atlanta when, when one of us is doing a show. It's usually a two man show and somebody's Somebody's running point, and the other guy's on Scully. Um, <laughs> by the way, Phil, can we get a little background uh, music for this bad boy? The yes, I've, I've got. Uh, I'm trying to get Chevy the drive around the yeah, SEC. Really, uh, brought to you by the fine folks at Love Chevy. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I think Jamie's wife would look great in a new Chevy. What are we looking at there? A blazer? Are we looking at a? Oh no, no, we're tr- we're truck people. You're you your pickup. You're a pickup guy. Okay, I can yeah, see I that. Like I can see that. Uh, before we get into the updated playoff rankings that came down last night and how that affects a number of SEC uh, schools, et cetera, et cetera, as we we near the end of the regular season, let's just go over some leaderboards. If if I might, and uh, tell you where some of the Gamecocks rank in that uh, particular category. This wound up being a stacked year for quarterback play in the SEC. Uh, as a Heisman voter, I can tell you I've got my eyes on two of them, Jaden Daniels and Carson Beck. I would not be sur- if Beck finishes up strong. They're both going to be in New York. Daniels will definitely be in New York, and right now many Vegas uh, betting services have him as the the favorite. They're taking on an A and M team that has nothing to play for. So it's and if you notice, coaches are leaving their Heisman Trophy quarterbacks in to run up some gaudy numbers. I'm talking to Dan Landing in Oregon with Bo Nix. I'm talking to Coach Kelly in LSU with Jaden Daniels. I mean, they they know what's at stake. Uh, but if you look at it, just this on quarterback rating in the SEC, Jaden Daniels won. Jalen Milrow two. He finally figured it out, and he's been a force. Carson Beck three. Jackson Dart four who is going to be back for another year. Brady Cook has been one of the biggest surprises at five. Graham Merck's another big surprise uh, at six. Spencer Rattler, seven. Uh, K.J. Jefferson, eight. So that's, I mean, that's a really strong group of eight, even by SEC standards. You mentioned Jordan Rodgers at the beginning of the year. He called Joe Milton the most talented quarterback in the SEC. He finished nine in quarterback rating. If you watched him against Georgia, he can't complete simple passes. I mean, he... He just has a fastball. He doesn't know how to take anything off it. He has no touch and remarkably inaccurate. It was hard to watch at times. Uh, so he, you could say he's kind of been the disappointment of the bunch. But those top eight, and Devin Leary, quite frankly, has been a, a bit of a disappointment at Kentucky. Those top eight are pretty damn strong. Uh, the number one player in passing yards in the SEC is likely going to be Jaden Daniels. He's got about a 200-yard lead over Beck. Cook is third. Rattler is fourth. Rushing yards. Cody Schrader, speaking of great stories, the D2 back. we got two great D2 backs in the SEC. Transfers, that is. Of course, the other one plays in Columbia. Cody Schrader, 1,272 yards. You know who's second in the SEC in rushing? Anybody? Raise your hand. Anybody? Uh, Jaden Daniels. Yes. Yes. Bradford for the win. I just looked at that not long ago. Yesterday. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate the honesty. Daniels second with 1,014 
Ray Davis of Kentucky third at 990. Receiving yards, Malik Neighbors is going to win the crown at 1424. Xavier Leggett is second with 1187. Luther Burden is third with 1140. I mean, these are all just studs. Brian Thomas of LSU, fourth stud. Ricky Pearsall, uh, unfortunately, Carolina fans will remember that name for a while. Stud, he's fifth with 948. Uh, And then Sack, yes? How often is it to have 2,000-yard receivers on the same team in the SEC? Have you looked that up? I haven't looked it up, but it's rare. Um... My, I, I would start with LSU with the crop that they have had over the last 10, 15 years. It's ridiculous. Uh, that, Joe, that Joe Brady, uh, Joe Burrow offense, I'm sure had two. I'm pretty the sure 19, they had two. You're right. The 19 team. <laughs> yeah. Jamar Chase had 1780 and Justin Jefferson had 1540 and they combined for 38 touchdowns. And those are two of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. I mean, that's what LSU does. They just bring in first-round wideout after first-round wideout. Bama um, had 2,000-yarders that year, too. Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy. Yeah, and that's where you you would look. You would look at Bama and LSU and nobody else. No, no, nobody else would really even, I would I would figure in that equation. Uh, top guy in sacks is Nathaniel Watson of Mississippi State for 10. Really good player, but of course he plays for Mississippi State, so he's kind of been overlooked. Interceptions, Maxwell Hairston of Kentucky has got a one-pick lead over the rest of the field with five. Tackles, Jet Johnson ahead of Nathaniel Watson by one, 117-116. Debo Williams, Debo. Debo Williams third with 102. What a year he's had. Oh. Plays plays like he's on fire. Heart and soul of the defense. Okay. Heart and soul of the D. Uh, Jamie, you you threw out a great number a few weeks ago, and I thought for sure it was going to hit the over. The amount of SEC coaches fired, two and a half. And I know JC is still holding out the possibility of Lane bolting for A&M, so that would be a, a, not a firing, but a change. Uh, but right now it's two. What's there's, that? Another, there's another one I have my eye on, Mike. Who's that? I, 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 I just I'll just tell you to walk out the door and uh, look uh, – Look, no, look, look east, brother. No way. You I, can't I, fire Mark Stoops. No, no, I'm not saying he's getting fired. Oh, you're gonna say leave. Look, yeah. look at watch, watch the situation in Iowa City. Pretty close. That's all I got. to Yeah, say. I understand that. And those rumors have been around for a while. The talk that someday that's the job he would leave for. I just, he's one of the highest paid coaches in college football. Iowa is a much more difficult job to recruit. I, I I don't see it, but I understand the logic. I understand the logic, and, and he is. T- and I can tell you right now, he's taking a lot of crap right now. And much like the Dabos of the world, the Shane Beamers of the world, every coach has his breaking point with the nonsense. And if you don't appreciate what I've done well, I start. I have a wandering eye, and I'm looking at other jobs, and it just happens to be as alma mater so yeah i i get it i get it i don't see it happening but i get it never been a stoop uh, to go home they, they, all, all those boys went to iowa and played for hayden fry they're, they're right they've, none of them have gone home so uh no i don't know man i just keep an eye on that one man keep an eye on it okay well put we, it under your put it under your hat don't don't mention it at thanksgiving okay because <laughs> i don't want to ruin the big 
I don't want to ruin your you big my... blue Thanksgiving, Mike. I'm sorry for interrupting my... your big blue Thanksgiving, Mike. But my brother-in-law, who actually reminds me a little bit of JC, just a larger version. He's he's about six foot four and big. Uh, but he was all worried, like a lot of Kentucky fans two years ago, that he was going to take the job at Penn State after they fired Franklin. Well, they haven't fired Franklin, so that's really a moot point. But at that point, Stoops' stock was sky high. But now two disappointing years in a row, that's how... That's how fickle it can, it can be. We do know Mississippi State fired Zach Arnett. I'm not going to give you a list of internet uh, chat board candidates, but I will tell you Jamie Chadwell's name is coming up a lot. because I don't think Dan Mullen is going to be the guy, and Jamie Chadwell now has done it at two different spots. He's going to be a candidate. But I'm telling you right now, do not sell Liberty short on what they can offer financially. Uh, I've been there. I, I've known ADs there. they got a blank load of cash so it, it it wouldn't come down to just money it would come down to being able to coach in the sec obviously uh and of course a&m they're still big game hunting and uh, what that means and there's every rumor out there including lane kiffin and again i don't buy it i don't think lane takes it i think he stays right where he is in deference to our uh our guest um from 24 7 who i love we were on right. the, right. Brad josh Bay. No, Crawford. I don't know what Josh Pate has said about it, but everybody's got a take on it, and their take is, you know, it's worth the paper it's written on. Nobody nobody entirely knows, honestly. Uh, A&M's doing a good job of keeping – and I don't think A&M, when they made that move, had a – this is definitely our guy, and we're going to get him 100%. I truly think they, they were going to bring in a big net of candidates before they picked one. Uh, I was surprised that Arkansas retained Sam Pittman. And I'm reading the quotes before he we went on of Hunter Juracek, the AD at Arkansas, who, again, the popularity of ADs, you're as popular as your football program goes sometimes. And Hunter Juracek could walk on water a couple of years ago. And now Sam Pittman's had a couple of bad years. And if you read, again, social media, uh, they're all just going, how the hell can you keep a 61-year-old Sam Pittman who's 23 and 24 and coming off two bad years? But he is. He's keeping them at least one more year. The buyout's $16 million, but again, Arkansas, pff, they're not worried about $16 million buyout. That's that's pennies on the dollar. They just truly think that he deserves another year, and everybody loves the guy. So they're giving him another year in Fayetteville. We'll see how that works out. It, it, it doesn't seem to be the overly popular choice by the fan base. Again, Arkansas fans, they live in a different world of we, we expect to be like we used to be in the Southwest Conference and competing for national titles not fighting to get out of the bottom of the Western Division of the SEC. The uh, college football playoff poll came out yesterday. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, Washington 4. We talked about, I thought Washington could leapfrog Florida State. It's not just that Jordan Travis is out. If you look at it, Washington just has more quality wins than Michigan. Speaking of quality wins, something to keep an eye out for. There are one, two, three, four, six teams in the um, top 25. Georgia 1, Bama 8, Missouri 9, Ole Miss 12, LSU 14, Tennessee 21. And before you just say, well, who cares? Tennessee's 21. No big deal. Their season is what it is. That is a top 25 win, and it's going to be a top 25 win for both Georgia and Alabama. This committee, it's not computers spitting out these numbers. They look at things. They look at their own little metrics, 
and what has become a convenient metric in foot, college football is what's your record versus the top 25? Okay, we can sit here and debate the merits of the top 25. doesn't matter. They look at it. So by Tennessee, who doesn't have a quality win this year, look at Tennessee's wins. They're 7-4. and four. Name for me the trademark victory that Tennessee has this year. They don't have one. But they're still in the top 25. And with that, if Georgia beats, excuse me, if Bama beats Georgia in Atlanta, all of a sudden, that becomes a really important footnote because Bama has already beaten LSU, number 14, Ole Miss, number 12, and then you could add Tennessee, number 21. Georgia, which started off the schedule, was not real good. Now they can they can pound their chest. Tennessee would be a, a top 25 win. What I'm saying is it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could still have two SEC teams in the Final Four if a little bit of chaos happens. So a Big Ten champion is going to get there, yes. But if Oregon beats Washington, now you got two one-loss teams there. If Florida State, without their starting quarterback, loses either in the Swamp or to Louisville, all of a sudden you got to start plucking some teams that you didn't think you might be plucking. And for all the talk about it being a down year in the SEC, a down year, yeah, the middle's not great. I agree. It's been a disappointing year for Tennessee, for Florida, for Texas A&M, for Arkansas, I could go on and on and on. Kentucky. Some might say South Carolina. You know what? It's still a pretty damn good league. Stack it up next to the other ones out there. And don't be shocked if Bama can pull off that upset. It could possibly, just possibly, pave the way for two to make it to the college football playoff. And that is your love Chevy drive around the SEC. Mike, in addition to those, in, in addition to the uh, the rankings that you just dished out. By the way, fantastic job as always, and thank you, uh, sir. That you, you get you get all the way around. Next year is going to take a little bit longer to drive around the SEC, just so you know. So I know. Make, sure make sure your oil's changed. Yes, but, um, exactly. But rotate um, those tires. The Tigers came in last night at seven and four as well at number twenty four in the college football playoff mm-hmm. rankings. Of course, they'll walk into williams Bryce Stadium now with that ranking on Saturday evening, and the Gamecocks and Shane Beamer will have a chance to knock off a ranked opponent at home, which can happen and has happened on his watch over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So I thought both of those teams being in there at 21 and 24 were interesting. Agreed. Agreed. And I, it, Tennessee has kind of been consistently – a little bit above average, I guess you could say, whereas Clemson has been hot and cold, and they're the they're the enigma of this group, and we'll find out what they how they show up in uh, in Williams Bryce Stadium on Saturday. If you you mentioned chaos, if Texas gets, I don't think this will happen, but if Texas gets upset this weekend by Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State beats BYU. And Oklahoma beats TCU, and Kansas State beats Iowa State. Who the hell's playing in the Big Twelve Championship? Because they're all uh, seven and two. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a complex tiebreaker, like there is in all these leagues. I remember the first time I ever. Uh, dug deep into the old SEC tiebreaker, and this might have changed. But there was a situation one year where it was like the the three teams tied in the West, and the top six tiebreakers were all even Steven. And so the the actual 
the final tiebreaker was going to be a vote by the nine athletic directors not involved with the three teams. I couldn't believe that was actually a tiebreaker, but it was. Thankfully, it didn't come down to that. It's something that ended up all the way to a coin flip. And we we got to get used to this, guys, because with the divisions, like divisions going away, you're going to have stuff like this every single year. You, I, you get I your lineup up like one it. through 16, and you're only playing, what, eight conference games? You, you're missing – you're not – there's not a lot of I – mean, just get used to all this stuff, man. There's going to be some coin flip decisions that uh, happen here in the next yeah, couple of years. I, I agree. There, there's going to be some chaos. I agree. And one more thing, uh, Jamie, on your uh, hypothetical: if 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 much of that or all of that happens, the Big Twelve is out. They're not going to be in the playoff. Uh, in all like, I mean, if Texas loses another game, they're they're done, and the Big Twelve is done. So that would just further pave the way if Bama upsets Georgia and Atlanta. And I don't think that would even be a huge upset. Uh, although I will say this, this is, we, we've gotten bored. JC and I talk about this on JC and Morgan all the time. We've gotten bored of Georgia. Okay. They're about to break the all time SEC consecutive wins streak, uh, win streak, make it 29. Uh, the last time that the, 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 twice Bama did 28, including the bear who lost to Mississippi state in Starkville six to three. And then went into the, the, Bulldogs locker room to congratulate the team on how well they played. You boys played a fine game, and I'll congratulate you. And uh, that's who the bear was. And and so that's 20, pretty good, Mike. That's not bad. That's not I a was, bad bear, Bryant. Not I do some accents now. I weave the imitations to you with Lou and some others, but I I, I can throw them out there every now and then. Um, but this Georgia team, they're doing it in a different era. With all due respect to the bear and. Uh, even Saban's most recent streak. And on top of that, they did two of them with a walk-on quarterback. And this year, I would make the argument that it's the most deep Georgia offense in the Kirby Smart era. They didn't even have Lad McConkey for most of that game Saturday. Eight different receivers caught a pass from Carson Beck. There, that used to be the weakness of Georgia's program. They always had great running backs, great defense under Kirby, some pretty good quarterbacks, offensive line. But they were lacking in wideout for whatever reason. They were they were missing in recruiting at wideout. Uh, that's not the case right now. They they got dudes all over the field. But if Bama upsets them, I'm here to tell you, you could have both of those teams in the playoff. Uh, and it wouldn't be shocking because the SEC always has a chance to get two. And just wait until this thing goes to four, and then more than likely, as y'all's friend Tim Brando said. 16. 16. It will yeah. be the SEC Big I, Ten Challenge in the postseason. <laughs> Look, I'll say this. I, I think the top four teams are Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, I could make that argument. I, I too. just, you know, I, and, and I like Oregon's team. I think Oregon's got a team that could actually compete in the playoff, uh, whereas, you know, uh, I think sometimes like the Washington team under Chris Peterson that went to play Bama, they had no shot. You know, Cincinnati had no shot a couple years ago. Uh, I think uh, Oregon, as much as I like Oregon and as much as I like Washington, I just think when you're when you're talking about complete football teams and, and you're just looking at, at the way they play, their resume, their quality wins, both sides of the ball, I just I think those are the uh, four best. I mean, surprise, surprise, right? You know, <laughs> it's well, a, to your you know. point, to your point, and we're used to saying this about Georgia Bama, uh, and that would be a just a, a cavalcade of NFL draft picks on the field. Michigan, Ohio State, there's discussion that that game could set a record 
for the most future draft picks in this upcoming NFL draft. Whoa. That, that's how much talent, serious talent will be on the field uh, in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Yeah, but uh, you know, apparently the Michigan people aren't going to want to hear anything about it because they're going to boycott College Game Day because you know they're 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 high and mighty and bigger, better, better than all the rest of us. All right, we got to hit a uh, yeah. <laughs> the Tennessee fan base still hasn't forgiven uh, the Game Day crew for not voting for Peyton Manning. How many years ago was that? Nineteen ninety eight. They wanted uh, or ninety seven. They wanted. Man, uh, Charles Woodson and the fans were like, what are you talking about? And Kirk Herbstreet, true story, moved from Columbus, Ohio uh, to Nashville, which is where he now lives, because the Ohio State fans were giving him death threats for being objective about the whole tattoo gate story with their old coach. Uh, you know, Who's no longer I mean, coaching. Get a grip, yeah. people. Just, Some of you need just, to get a grip. Just saying. Take a deep breath. Just take, take a deep, deep breath. If you're giving a death threat to a commentator over an opinion or a 19-year-old kid over a bad game, you really got to look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Before we hit a quick timeout here, uh, this is really, really phenomenal. Uh, all of our partners are doing something on Black Friday. It's no different in Electric Bites of Charleston. If you're going to get one, uh, Friday's the day to get it. And you're going to need to go in there to get it or at least call Michelle if you're not in the low country, call her. Work it out, you know, and then find a way to get get down here at some point in time. They'll work with you. I promise you that. Venton bikes right now up to $600 off. Black Friday through the 28th, up to $600 off of Venton bikes. Plus, you get $100 in free accessories. $700 bucks that you're going to save. Velotric up to $600 off. Buy two, get another $200 off. That deal will run for Black Friday through November 30th. The U-Freeze, $400 off the City Robin X uh, bike, $200 off the City Robin X Plus. Those will run through the 28th starting on Black Friday. And then the Magnum bikes up to 30% off of those beginning Black Friday and through November the 29th. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. No, they're not cheap. Yes, you're going to have to spend some money to get a quality product. But now is when you get to save a ton of that money and make it a lot less expensive. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. We give... Big hugs and big hand pounds to our friends, the Wilkins family, for what they do for us, electricbikescharleston.com. All right, quick timeout, and we will be back to play some trivia and wrap up Hour 2 here with the Golden Tones, Schubert, Mad Dog, and myself on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
Hey, Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington and the Target Center, and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number, 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online, or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time, 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, elliptigos, and more. Proud partners of Carolina Rise inside the Gamecocks and the Chief Sports Network. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Final four minutes or so here in hour number two, hour three, coming up on ITG. You probably saw it, but uh, Gamecock Traditions with major, 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 major Black Friday deals as well. And uh, we uh, certainly hope you get over there. How about the sideline polos? 50% off. 50, not 15, 50, 5-0 at Gamecock Traditions. Uh, the uh, cocky golf shirts. $50. They're usually $73. They're $50. The Garnet Under Armour shoes, and all shoes really, but you know, those Garnet Under Armour shoes, 50% off of those as well. And then they've got $5 t shirts on Black Friday at Gamecock Traditions. I mean, dude, you can shop in the app, Chief Sports app. Okay. You can't beat $5 t shirts, right? Uh, no. I mean, I might just buy like 10 of those and then just randomly put them in gifts this year and whoever gets them congratulations i mean you know i, I don't do anything it's steel i got a black friday thing i need to mention go okay? for it go for it carolina rise folks uh we, a black friday deal um we, we we've launched yesterday what's uh, thanks to our partners at travelingcountryclub.com who are they're a, a sponsor of the show uh it's the elite golfers package um for those of you that love golf Love that. And you want to support Carolina Rise, you, you can get a year's membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. Uh, you get a Peter Millar Swanky uh, golf shirt. You get a golf towel. You get a box of Carolina Rise Titleist One golf balls. I've heard those are the best. 
uh, and uh, I think some tees uh, and, and a golf towel. Anyway, uh, the value of the Traveling Country Club membership alone is worth it, uh, and it's, we're going to sell it for about seventeen hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, but before, through Black Friday, it'll be fifteen hundred. And I know that's a big price, but if you total up all the money, if you're a golfer, an avid golfer, the money you can save will just buy the Traveling Country Club membership alone. And I want to thank Michael Manis for uh, helping us out with that because he did, and he didn't have to do that. Manus, is it Manus or Manus? Manus. Michael Manus. Manus. Like it rhymes with, okay. Uh, so that's uh, my bad. All right. And I feel bad about that. Sorry, Michael, but uh, he's a big fan of our show and a big game cock and uh, certainly was. was very. Now I have screwed his name up, right? Well, people people call me Schubert all the time or I don't know. It's weird, but, well, that's uh, of your own doing. But, uh, I apologize, Mike. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because my, my 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 awesome hockey jersey. But no, I I really appreciate. It. I want to I just want to say that for, I mean, those of you like I said that are out there and you love golf or you have a golfer in your life, I can't think of anything better. And it's a deal. And like I said, you get really quality stuff plus the gift that keeps on giving the traveling country club dot com membership. Uh, well, and while we're on that, if you're gonna be if you're gonna invest in that and you suck at golf, yeah. end up on Friday is the Black Friday sale for our dear friend. Meredith Taylor, the McKellar Online Academy will launch on Friday. The pre-order link will be uh, here on, uh, I guess, coming soon. I guess, um, I, I think Meredith will have it up on Friday. So you'll be able to purchase golf, like, video lessons in this online academy, <clears throat> in this, on her website, beginning on Friday. It's, 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 nobody does this. And, you know, as we well know, she's built she, – Meredith got out of the corporate world and, and got into all this, and she's killing it. And um, and so the Meredith uh, – or, sorry, the McKellar Online Academy will launch Friday, and you can, uh, you can up your golf game in a hurry by buying from that. So really looking forward to that. And um, if you're going to purchase what JC just went through with, with those guys – you might want to be able to play a little bit if you're going to play one of those 40 courses in the Carolinas. Um, so we got you taken care of, you golfers out there. It's pretty pretty easy. Okay, can I do something? It's kind of we're kind of making the rounds here. here I'm not, not plugging anything here. Um, I don't want to do back to back to back plugs, but I, I do want to do a solid for a uh, huge fan of this show, huge Gamecock fan, uh, and uh, a sponsor of some other stuff I'm involved with, uh, Chris Mosley of Played Against Sports in Columbia uh, over there. Speaking of Irmo, our Fab Five winner, that's where he's located. Uh, I, I don't want to make this tradio, but if you if you are selling four tickets for the game, he is buying, just email me at, uh, go to the jcnmorgan.com website and shoot me an email. Uh, I promised him I would do that. I don't do it uh, for just anybody, but... I know they're in good hands. I know they are huge fans. Uh, if you're just looking to like gouge somebody, don't don't bother. But if you're just looking to offer a fair price, he is very very interested. Just go to jcmorgan.com, shoot me an email, and uh, see if we can't hook you guys up. Yeah, and I'll um, I'll add to that real quick to the connect tab, the uh, connect tab on uh, the Chief Sports app. If you click on that, there's a button that says Contact Mike Morgan. Oh, and you can uh, you can click on that, and it'll My own uh, give, tab. It'll give you his uh, home address, <laughs> social, and cell phone number. Yeah, please. <laughs> I don't get enough spam calls every day. <laughs> no, I, give me some you know, more, please. Starting in twenty twenty four, 
I'm going to be on cruises for about 20 years. I've won so many cruises in the last. I, I, I've had uh, 3,700 offers on my house in Columbia. One yeah, of these days, I, mean, I might take somebody up on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, uh, the next guy, I, I'm going to tell you what, though. I know I, I think I hear music, but the next guy that calls and says, you give me five grand, I'll give you a million. I've got, I've got to try it once and just yeah. see if it works. Seems like I'm a good deal. I got this email from these folks in Africa that they're in the diamond industry. But now they, they're going to wire, I sent them a couple of grand and they're going to, they're going to wire about 800,000 into my account. Oh, I got a, I, I got for safekeeping. Yeah. I've got a, a Mexican cartel that's going to gun me down if I don't give them like a couple of grand. So if you guys don't see me on the show well, next week, you'll know why. Walmart's doing a few cards. Fairly realistic. There's nothing. There's nothing that stops him from coming over to handle business. So, uh, you know. There's no. Is are, are there laws in this country anymore? I don't yeah. even know. I think that might be legal. I, I have to double check. I'm going to take the fence down in my backyard and just let <laughs> any squatters. Yeah, you know, you're welcome to it. There's nothing. To absolutely, do. let have them come seat. on in. They have every right to that property. Have a seat. Exactly. All right. Uh, we are out of time here, an hour or two. We will get to some trivia. We'll get into the Gamecocks and the Tigers. Interested to hear Mike Morgan discuss that amongst the rivalry games. And we've got our Fab Five picks. It's going to be a jam packed final hour here ahead of Thanksgiving. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama 
Alabama, Columbia, and go Gamecocks. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Thunder, thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Thunder, thunder, feel the thunder. Our final hour as we as we head into Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you from us here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show and in the Chief Sports Network. Welcome back to Power Hour. Mike Morgan, J.C. Sherbert, Phil Molinax, and myself, and Jamie Bradford. And we're here until two o'clock. And we sure are glad to have all of you. And uh, really excited for Rivalry Weekend. But most importantly, excited to spend some time with our families uh, beginning here just a couple of hours uh, through through the weekend and um, kicking off what should be just a, a wonderful holiday season. Thanks to Perry Orth, Derek Scott, and Matt Anderson all for joining us in hour number one. Uh, Derek is it's a uh, he's he's undefeated right now. He is five and zero as the voice of Gamecock basketball. And as he pointed out, if Carolina can get through it on Saturday, the football team. They have got a great chance to turn collectively men's basketball, women's basketball, and football from no loss November into a November to remember. Yeah. If that all makes sense. That None of them have lost thus far. Carolina football is on the clock versus the Tigers uh, this weekend, guys. So um, plenty to get to in that game. We've got our Fab Five picks coming up as well. The, the football game speaks for itself and what it means uh, just for the morale of the fan base. If you can beat Clemson, it, it, there is a lot of goodwill that carries over for a while. Um, but I'll tell you what, the winter can be a cold and dreary one if your basketball program is in dire straits. <laughs> and it can be so much more uh, pleasant 
if you've got a, a good team that's competing for, for an NCAA tournament bid, I used to talk about this with some of the other radio announcers in the SEC. You know, like in football, it's it's just one game a week. And the, the season, like here we are. Can you guys believe we're in the final week of the regular season? No. I mean, it just fly, it flies by every time. But in basketball and in baseball, so if you're bad in football, you know it sucks. But it's it's like it's it's a three hour rip the band aid off, and then you're like, okay, let's let's get the recruiting, let's get the portal, let's let's fix this damn thing. Basketball and baseball, basketball specifically, which starts in November and goes all the way to mid March before the postseason. If you're good, you can't wait for every couple of two games a week. It's like, okay, what have we do? What's going on? How's this guy doing? And if you're bad, it's just unrelenting. I, I can tell you this, having been through both of those and talking to other announcers in the league, like when you're a bad basketball team and you've got two games a week and you're doing a coach's show on radio every week and a coach's show on TV every week and you're doing public speaking, man, it is just dreadful. But if yeah. you're good or if you just even compete, it makes that winter a lot warmer. And, and as I've said many times, uh, there is no lack of enthusiasm and support from the Gamecocks when you just put a quality product on the floor. If this team has a, I don't know, 11-2 and two out of conference run, um, something in that neighborhood already with some quality wins and, and guys are playing well and you look like you can compete in the SEC, you can expect good crowds at the Colonial Life Arena. They'll be there. Uh, they, they will absolutely be there. So uh, I'm proud of what that team has done thus far for um, for Wilmot Paris, and we'll see how it goes. Because again, the SEC is it, no offense to the teams they're beating right now. It's a different ball game once you once you get into conference play in January. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, no, yeah. There, and there's a lot of teams off to good starts. Uh, there's some teams that look kind of down this year. You know, Missouri is probably not going to be a tournament team this year. From Based on early returns, uh, they're not very good. Vanderbilt's kind of in a hole. You know, I, I think Mississippi State's actually pretty good this year. Uh, Ole Miss is in the first year of their head coach recruitment. It's Chris Beard, so who knows? Um, I uh, th- there's there's some there's an opportunity for the Gamecocks because of, of the of the schedule and stuff like that. What's going on? What happened? I'll tell you what. It's whatever they're what they're doing. The Gamecock players is working there are not a lot of tickets left for this game uh, against Notre Dame coming up on Tuesday night not surprised N- not, not surprised. at all that's a matter of fact the, the, the whole notion that the arena is too big and you need more billable and the fans don't support basketball they don't care that's that's all a bunch of BS uh, yeah. the, 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 these are fans that would love to be good uh, God forbid at both football and basketball in addition to baseball, it's possible, you know, there are programs that do it. And so, uh, yes, you can handle going to a half a dozen football games a year and a dozen basketball games a year. Uh, plenty of Gamecock fans that have the means and the passion to do so. So if uh, they're obviously they're excited and that's an exciting matchup against a Notre Dame program that always has prestige and cachet, uh, a great opportunity, great yeah. opportunity. That's part of, by the way, the SEC, ACC, Challenge, Challenge now, which First has replaced time, the SEC Big Twelve. 
first time Mike Bray hadn't been on the bench for Notre Dame in what seventeen years. Yeah, they they hired uh, to Strewsbury, Tewksbury, whatever his name is, the guy from Penn State who did a great mm-hmm. job at Penn State. Right. Uh, and and they 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 beat Oklahoma State, Mike Boynton's team the other day. Uh, but they also Auburn handled them pretty doggone good. I think about about twenty four earlier this year. So they're they're kind of rebuilding. George Washington beat Carolina by twenty five last year. But that game is at Colonial Life Arena, and the Gamecocks should be heavy. The, the one team I think they'll be underdogs to is Clemson. I think Clemson, if you look at Brad Brunell's teams through the years, this probably be maybe could be his best team, and it's up there. So, Good. you know, after that, it's it's at East Carolina, Charleston Southern, and then Charleston Southern, Winthrop, Elon, Florida A and M before SEC. So, yeah, you can run up a pretty stellar record. 11 uh, and 2, 12 yeah. and 1. Yeah. Know, that, 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 again, I, I, I'm not saying it's the 04 team, but so far it has a, f- a familiar vibe because everybody thought that team was going to suck. Most people didn't know the players on the roster. Uh, there was a little bit of a, a doom and gloom cloud over the basketball program. And then all of a sudden, guys like Torrance Kinsey, Ronaldo Balkman, Trey Kelly. Brandon Wallace uh, showed out and made it to the NCAA tournament. And people forget about that team too often. They made it to the tournament. The program's only been there like nine times in 100 years. Right. Uh, that team deserves a little bit of love, quite frankly. And Balkman went on to the NBA. Kinsey went on to the NBA. Wallace and Trey Kelly were within a, an eyelash of making the NBA. You had role players like Rocky Trice and Bryce Sheldon. and I, I mean, you had, you had some – that was a really good – uh, era there, 04 to 06, they couldn't, they just couldn't cash in. Uh, but I, I would love to see a three-year stretch like that uh, in Columbia again, quite frankly. Uh, an NCAA and two NIT championships. The problem with South Carolina basketball has been it's like a, a blip here and a blip there, and then it's, right? It's just five years of flatline, seven years of flatline. Uh, you need to get back to where it's not just a, a blip and then back to flatlining. Yeah. Uh, I think the NIT rules readjusting. I've been griping about the stupid NIT automatic uh, birth for the uh, for the little guys. Uh, yeah. The regular season. I've, I've been griping about that for years because South Frank Martin would have had like he would have been in the postseason seven out of ten years. Although most of it would have been NIT, uh, but uh, they, well, but they you know yeah. they got bumped for whatever reason. So I'm, so so the NIT can be more realistic now for a program like South Carolina. Because and they, I think they, the NIT for yeah. this year's team is a good goal. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's year two of a massive rebuild with a new coach. Uh, for Frank Martin's teams, the NIT was not going to make those years where they didn't get in, but they could have gotten in. I think the fan base still would have said, yeah, we've made one tournament in 10 years. That's mm-hmm. not good enough. Yeah, uh, probably so. so. You know, that's, but, but I mean, your point is still valid. Like it's, it's going to be an easier path to get there than the last few years if you're a bubble team. I mean, hopefully that's not even an issue. Hopefully it's an NCAA team. You just don't know. But I know what I know what lies ahead schedule-wise for this team, and I can tell you it's a it's a pretty scary mountain to climb. JC mentioned the team's kind of going through a uh, – they're going to have a tough road to hoe. Um, but the top of this league, I mean, Tennessee easily could have beaten Purdue last night. Kentucky should have beaten Kansas last week. Bama's good. Auburn's good. Florida's better. Georgia's better. Um, Arkansas's good. Arkansas's good. A and M's good. Like you know, it's just the SEC basketball is becoming uh, almost on par with SEC football in terms of the depth of the league. 
You know, you eight teams last year, seven the year before, eight or nine this year to the NCAA tournament. Anyway, I didn't mean to go on the basketball side. I was going to mention something on football. Are you guys going three hours uh, Friday? Are you yes. guys going? Okay. The full three? Um, Correct. Full money. The full money, baby. I, 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 wish, uh, I wish I could be a part of that. That would be a lot of fun. So the great thing about this, t- this week is, I mean, we, we could go – freaking 24-7, right? We could just go do a, a telethon, and it would be good. Can I tell the story quickly about the Carolina-Clemson Marathon? Can I, can I can. broach that It's story time. Quick? Let's gather around the campfire with Uncle Mike. Mm. Whew, yeah, it is a little chilly in here. Let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and do this. So this has come up a little bit uh, in Columbia, and it, it's some newspaper. There we go. Come on, kids. Gather around. Grab some marshmallows. We'll have the turkey for you tomorrow. Uh, it's so. Story. My first year in Columbia, 1998, we, um, I was doing the morning show with a guy named Teddy Hefter, who's still doing the morning show in that market. It, we On Sports Radio 1400, the 1,000-watt 1, killer. And it really was. It was one of the most overachieving stations because back then you didn't have many sports uh, stations with good signals. So the, the ratings were, like, insanely good for that market, the entire station. And... Uh, and, and and we would do seven to ten every morning, and I had an idea, knowing how uh, great this rivalry is, we would go seven to ten. Then there'd be an afternoon show, three to six. But the rest of the time, we aired like Kornheiser and whatever other ESPN show, and they were good shows back then. Uh, there was actually some good shows on national radio. I, I don't know what I would say about them today, but I went to the program director at the time, Kevin Cohen. And said, can we go from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., 11 straight hours, call it the Carolina-Clemson Marathon, and we're just in there the whole time. Uh, we don't need to run Tony Kornheiser talking about movies today. Every, everybody listening wants to hear about Carolina-Clemson. He had to run it up to the flagpole to his boss, Jimmy Collins, who was a former Gamecock basketball player and our GM, who was one of the best people I ever worked for in radio. And we got it to go. And for 11 straight hours, we did it. Got a little punch drunk at times, took a, a ton of calls and had a lot of different things. We, you know, a lot of different food sponsors would come by and drop things off. But we sat in those chairs for 11 straight hours. The following year, we did it. The computer broke down that runs the commercial break. So we literally did it commercial-free for 11 straight hours, uh, which was also experience. And this made national news because – um, no other station had done anything like it. Not, not a station covering Michigan, Ohio State, or Florida, Florida State, or Auburn, Alabama. To this day, I think, I think they're going to do that in Columbia at the, the lone sports station left, um, unless they run some crappy nat- network show in the midday. So I, I, I take a lot of pride in that. It was an awesome experience, and it got some national headlines and good old market number 82 or whatever Columbia was at that time, to, to have. And it really, what it did too, because a lot of the, the national publica- trade publications were writing about it, it introduced a lot of people like, holy crap, that Carolina-Clemson rivalry is pretty damn big, isn't it? I mean, these guys are doing 11 straight hours. Let me look into this a little bit. And I say all that to get to this rivalry. Again, I'm not from South Carolina, but I spent a, a, nearly a dozen years there, and I still go there quite a bit and have a lot of uh, friends there and everything else. I, I take a lot of pride in this rivalry, and I love the fact that it's finally getting more and more national respect and exposure. It was not like that when I got there. 
It was truly just a, if you were in the Palmetto State, you knew, and if you weren't, you didn't. But now I think people are starting to figure it out. The fact that it's in prime time when this is not a great year for either team says a lot to me. Um, the fact that I hear people on network TV and radio talking about this game, even though they know nothing about the state of South Carolina, at least they're, they know that this game is pretty big time. So just a, just a little context, as you like to say, Jamie, from 10,000 feet above. This, this game now, I think more and more people nationally get it. And uh, I love to see that, and I'm glad to have uh, been, uh, been able to cover that uh, for a number of years and uh, glad to be a part of it here on the mighty ITG show, part of the burgeoning empire that is Chief Sports. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, it, it, is, it is a, again, as I've mentioned before about this rivalry, it, it needs to be more, it needs to, number one, be more competitive, but they need to both be playing for something more often. And it's, it's you know, they're not always – it's just not. They're not always going to be both playing for, for conference titles. But um, they need to be – like my hope is that when the playoff expands for, for South Carolina, that it will it – will, it, will, it will provide uh, – it will it will help raise the floor while South Carolina is 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 lowering the ceiling, if that makes sense. Where these things will get a little bit closer because of two things being at play: one, the Gamecocks are getting better, and two, the field is getting larger. And so, with a larger field and a better football team, you got a better chance to get into the playoffs, if that makes any sense, right? Well, Clemson, as long as they stay in the the ACC slash pack, whatever. Twelve, two, the, the bi-coastal uh, conference. You, bi-coastal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bi-coastal. Is, is, bi- I don't want to say good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. The bi-coastal. Uh, but were, as long as long as they stay in that league, they have a chance every year, Mike, to be yeah. playing at the end of the season to get in to the college football playoff, whether it's twelve teams or whether it's sixteen teams. South Carolina, because of where they've been historically and recently, they need that field to expand to allow them a better chance to get in without having to go eleven and one or you know maybe maybe ten and two or something like that every year. And so what I'm getting at here is my my hope in within a short term, two, three, four years, maybe even, is that you will have a team that's maybe sitting there at eight and three. And another team that's sitting there at nine and two. Those records, that's not like out of the realm of possibility. We've all seen that. It it's absolutely happened, yeah. can happen. Sure. And you'll have an eight and three and you'll have a nine and two, one or the other. And and this game might be the deciding factor for who's going to squeeze into that 12 team playoff or who's going to squeeze into that 16 team playoff. That's what this rivalry, as you just rightly pointed out, has always had animosity. It's always had the neighbor. Now I don't talk to my neighbors, you know, during this week. You know, I, we we put forks in their yard and and slash your tires and all those type things. But like that's what's always kept this rivalry afloat is is the hate in in the state for one another. Um, w- w- the reason that it hasn't ballooned nationally, in my mind, Mike, and you're the national guy here, but it's because they're bare, they're very rarely both ever playing for something. The state of Alabama is not any different from the state of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. There are no pro teams. Matter of fact, 
South Carolina, you could kind of claim that they have one if you wanted to in the Carolina Panthers when they're good. But, like, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Why is Alabama different? Because those two teams play for something That's more right. times than not. And, and they had the tradition of doing it. The Iron Bowl, I mean, you're, again, right. you're talking about – that's what I'm saying. That that is, and I I have family that went to Auburn. I mean, I grew up watching Auburn, Alabama, and that was just always a special special deal. Um, but but the Egg Bowl, like tomorrow night, we're going to see South Carolina well, and Clemson. We see ourselves in that game. We, I'm going to. I was going to ask you. That. It's funny you mentioned that. I was going to ask you all of you this question because if you see your average person on rivalry Saturday just hasn't had time to to offer you know 20 minutes of viewership to all these games which some people might say well what do I care well if you want the rivalry to grow and you want the the exposure to grow which only helps uh, your program it does matter Mississippi Mississippi State did a shrewd move and I applaud it they realized people were not following the egg bowl outside of the state of Mississippi and they said you know what let's play this sucker on Thanksgiving and now I have friends that know nothing. They've never been in the state of Mississippi. They know nothing about Mississippi. They could care less. They couldn't tell you where Starkville is on a map. But here's what they know. On Thanksgiving, they're watching that game while they're eating turkey and while they're with their family. And oh, by the way, those have been some of the most entertaining games of Rivalry Week the last few years. And so I wonder, and I know many, many years ago, Carolina Clemson was played on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, uh, I wonder if if that would ever be considered with those programs to play it on another day. They, I think they did it, Mike. Uh, yeah, they did it Thanksgiving. I think one time, but Big Thursday oh, was actually in October. Before. it was yeah. It, yeah, it was in it was in it was in yeah. October. But I'm with you. I you know, in Grant and F, the athletic director at Clemson, he 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 did a press conference the other day, and they were talking about kind of the future of the game with all this uh, expansion talk. And, and, and by the way, uh, there's another expansion report out there today. It says Clemson and Florida State are leaving the ACC next week. I think I've heard that before. Yeah. Oh, um, oh no, but, no, um, no, no. Oh, don't even try that. You know who I had, had that first. scoop first. Okay. <laughs> he had his ear to the ground. He told us two years ago. He was on the ground with Literally. his ear on it. He heard. He heard that, Mr. Whatever his name is, in the wherever he's at. Yeah. He had his ear to the ground, JC. He told everybody. His ear was on. Here, I feel that completely. But anyway, uh, and Grant mentioned, you know, yeah, the, there's no way on earth that this game is not going to be played no matter what happens. You know, they're not going to be like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and not play each other. And by the way, shout out to Washington, Washington State. They are going to continue to play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's cool. Um, but he did mention that there could be a change in the date. And, and, and I think. As the conferences all expand, I, I do think at some point they'll go to some sort of pod play. And I think, you know, logically there could be conference semifinals on this weekend. Uh, and, and you'd have to move sort of the traditional rivals uh, around. I, I don't know that this is going to be rivalry weekend, though, uh, for very much longer, just because you're going to end up with scenarios in the Big Ten and SEC where there are some years, as you mentioned, Auburn, Alabama, where Auburn and Alabama are the best two teams in the league. And so you're going to tee up the Iron Bowl, and then the next week you're going to turn around and play Auburn again in Atlanta. And it, in the first, so so which game matters more? I mean, same with Michigan, Ohio State. So, so I don't know what exactly will happen, but I can't I can see the the some of these rival, traditional rivals that, that are played this on this weekend 
uh, getting moved uh, for conference considerations. Yeah, I, I think I think it's got the potential to be a pretty cool thing. I, well, I know I, some people say it's it goes against the fabric of family tradition on Thanksgiving week. I, everybody I know in my family loves college football, so. Um, and if you play it at night, man, that's everybody's got. Yeah, a lot exactly. Of I would I would thoroughly enjoy having a Thanksgiving meal at tailgate. I think that, that right? would be a plus. I don't. I don't. I do not see them doing that though. Uh, from everything I've heard, it's not. Yeah, that's not even going. What about trivia? Friday? What about the Friday? I like those Black Friday games because I mean, yeah. Missouri, Arkansas has that now, and in Nebraska, I think if you Iowa. Could get it on a Friday night. I don't think you want to play that game on Friday. Though, right now. Y'all remember in 2010 the Iron Bowl was on Friday? Y'all remember that? Really? No. It was. That 2010 Iron Bowl was on Black Friday. Huh. Weird, somehow huh? I for- like, somehow or, I forgot or, that. Like eight, like or the Civil War is perfect. Eight thirty on Friday night. Uh, on Friday Fox. night. Yeah, that's I mean, a it's a it's a dynamite drop in money. Yeah, I mean, oh, that, hey. you know, uh, Missouri and Arkansas is a perfect slot at four o'clock on CBS. The, these are the, these are shrewd moves that are made in order to get more eyeballs. And hey, I'm just careful, telling Missouri. You. Careful, Missouri. Careful, Missouri. Careful. Against the piggies. Careful. Oink, oink, oink. Anyway, look. Uh, hey, all right. So, uh, name the last time. time out. Name uh, the last time South Carolina played a game on Thanksgiving. Final score and opponent. Nineteen sixty-seven, nine to six, Clemson. All right. Can we think about <laughs> it during a break? Because we got to hit one here. Sure. Okay. Also, when we return, uh, the Fab Five and uh, and uh, I still have trivia to get to. So. Yeah, you got to give us another question. Right. Know, we might you... need a marathon today, guys. I'm just saying. We might need to go 11 hours to get all this oh, in. Oh, God. <laughs> I got I to gotta go do some honeydew stuff, man, before tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, oh, Phil's about okay, to hit the, Phil's okay. about to hit the oh, kitchen, man. You, you understand how serious this Phil in the kitchen thing is 11. on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm with Phil. <laughs> Phil, it, w- hey, we're playing our Thanksgiving video again at 157 today. So Jamie's got a house party. Tomorrow. He's having a house party. I mean, it's – it's uh. You touch Mike, my leg. Uh, my, 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 you touch my leg. That's Mike's okay. just living life in the bluegrass. <laughs> like, I got Darude coming over performing. Darude's coming over. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to Buffalo Trace. I'm going to Chicken Cock. Darude's coming. Touch my well, leg. Well, I'm. I'm literally five. Heads are falling off. I'm five miles from Buffalo Trace. So if you guys want any orders, I can uh, fulfill them. I have been there too. All right, quick timeout. Final timeout of the afternoon. Hang tight. ITG will be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues in Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. 
Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Residents. company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina, and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product, and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tail. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number, 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online, or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches. Which is every time, 803 543 6297. 803 543 6297. Oh, yes, it is time. Oh, Mikey. Uh oh. I know I went four and one. So it's I was two and three. My only loss, and I am, I'm an idiot. I stayed with Tennessee just to keep it close, just to keep it respectable. And I've been, te- I've been telling everybody since before the season started, their quarterback is erratic and not good, and not good enough anyway to win games like that. I just thought he could be no threat to throw it. Georgia just poured it on. That was my one loss. I would have had my fourth undefeated week of the year. So yeah, this things are getting interesting. Look at look at Mad Dog coming through. Right JC there. back at the at, he's back at five hundred. Like everybody's, I've it's, rallied. It's getting tight. I, I've getting, rallied. Nobody you, listened to me though. If you're a gambler out there, please don't listen to me. But you have rallied. You 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 did an old puking rally. Like uh, what's his name from Varsity Puke Blues? Rally. 
Yeah. Puke and rally. A 10. She's a, I give her a 10. I'm giving you all voices today. Don't your life. <laughs> West Canaan football might have been your life, Dad, but I don't want your life. Thank you very much. You nailed that one. You nailed Moxon. What man? Jonathan Moxon is only one man. I've never turned down a whipped cream bikini before. All right. Well, he, he did then. That was ridiculous. What was he thinking? Yeah, how many how many high school guys would have been that strong? Uh I would have I would have gone back to the store for more whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can buy Varsity Blues with Forrest Gump. Like, she walks out with that whipped cream bikini, and then it flashes to Forrest sitting on the bench. And I've never turned down a whipped cream bikini before. We would have we, we run out of whipped cream. By the way, I mean, while we're on the subject, uh, that's a dimer for me, and it's just like Roadhouse. It's a, it's a two-star movie at best. Uh, they make the people of West Texas sound like they're, they're the first generations in their family to walk upright. Uh, it's 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 just a terrible stereotype of everything regarding people uh, in less than you know very industrial, hardworking Texas towns, and they do it with a smile on their face. And yet, damn it, the movie works. Yeah. It's just it's cliched, it's silly, um, but Voight is fantastic and. Damn it, I, I bought it, and I love imitating Johnny Mox, so it all works for me. And I'll bet you right now, after a big victory over at West Canyon, you know what they do? They, they go to Salsaritas. Now, they don't have Suki there, unfortunately. Suki's the man, the myth. By the way, Suki reminded me to remind everybody out there, you folks that are going to be at the big game on Saturday, uh, say hello to Suki. He's going to be working hard. He doesn't just own the place. He owns the Columbia, Salsaritas, and Lexington, and he owns the stand over there, williams Price in the south end zone. So when you get your Salsaritas, get your good Tex-Mex at the game, say hello to him, and then say hello to him again at every home game at the Colonial Life Arena where there's also a Salsaritas stand there. Uh, as we remind people, the winner of this gets a Fiesta Pack, which serves five to six people at a tailgate personal get-together at the house. Box is ready to go. Comes packed with tortillas, meats, toppings, chips, salsas, guac, queso. About a $55 to $60 value. Uh, but if you've got a big tailgate that's more than five to six people, that that's okay. I mean, they, they've got it all at Salsaritas. They can, no matter how big your party is, they can handle it. So uh, just give them a call, that hotline number on the screen, 803-543-6200. 97, and for those that can't see that graphic, JB leading the way, 35-24-1. I'm at 34-24-2. Phil is at 33-25-2, and, and JC is 500. Puke and rally! 29-29-2 and two right. for Sherb Nation. Let's do this dance. Let's do it. Come on. Let's do it. Come on, Let's JC. Come on, JC. Let's do it. This is it's all love, man. It's all love. All right. Reel you in, reel you in, get get you to the boat, and then I just release you starting this week. Are we going to pop up the uh, games that we're doing on the screen by any chance? No, we don't need to do that. There we go. Okay. As is always, we don't shy away from the big games here. You know, we we go right after it, and we're we're going right after the biggest of the big. Let's, Let's lead off, shall we? How about Ohio State at Michigan? Now, that's actually three and a half. What do you have that down on the app, uh, Jamie? I have whatever you gave me. Three and a half. 
I thought I gave you three and a half. I mean, that's a big difference now. I'm pretty sure that you did. Here, let me uh, pull that's it up a, here and just make sure that everything is working I'm just correctly. saying that could change. Oh, you've got three. Well, crap. Uh, okay, on the app? never mind. On the app? Yep, you sure do. Yep. I have okay. three and a half on the app? No, you have three. No, three. You have three. All right. Well. All right. Well, okay. Uh, I'm going to have to buy some more time then. That might change my pick. Uh, Mad Dog, start us off. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. hey, Doug, Doug, no give pressure. Me, uh, give me Ohio State. Give me Ohio State. They they got defense too. Although that's uh, you know, does, I they... I know why. I know why I have that because that? this morning, when, when every time you send me the uh, every time you send me the picks, yeah. I always pull up the game to make sure uh-huh. that I've got home and away right, and it was down to three. And it so went I down to three. Well, that's because people like me were going to pick Ohio State at three and a half, and now you lowered it on me. You well, I didn't. Son of I a... didn't. I just... JC, who do you like? I'm going with the Buckeyes. Um, there's a podcast out there called Ain't Played Nobody, <laughs> and that's because Michigan ain't paid nobody. <laughs> Michigan ain't played nobody. Ain't played nobody. Ain't played uh, nobody. Ohio State will be man enough to walk walk into the big house and beat the mighty Wolverines. Oh yeah. Uh, will Billy Bob be guilty of a false start penalty? Now, Jamie, what do you have? Uh, I'm going to. Uh, so we're we're going off of the. Th- are we going off the three? We're well, we got three, to. Man. It's uh, it's on the yeah. app. That's that's made yeah. it official. I, I made a mistake. Obviously, instead of just typing what you sent, I just saw that and. That's okay. That's three, we'll so. we'll uh, audible left, audible left, black fifty nine razor, Omaha. We'll audible. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know, Michigan's finally won this game a couple of times, but prior to that, Ohio State had won an eight straight. And here's the thing. It's never really that close. The winner of this game, it's really never that close. But I think it could be a little bit different this year. I I am going to take Ohio State. Uh, and the only reason is because Harbaugh's not coaching, and I do think there will be a problem with that in this game. So I think Yeah, Ohio that State. that does make a difference to me um, as well. And, and, and I loved it at three and a half. I like it at three. I'm going to take Ohio State getting the points uh, in that one. Uh, the mariachi band again. These guys, you know, we pay them for a full slate of Fab Five here in the Brian Spencer Power Hour. There we go. Uh, I, I thought we had this conversation with these guys last week. They're just back there chugging tequila and sleeping on the job. Music guys, uh, terrible job. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll take care of that uh, post game. Okay, the Egg Bowl. We talked about it earlier. Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a ten point favorite. In Starkville at Mississippi State, this this has been one of those few rivalry games that actually the better team doesn't always win, and they've actually been very entertaining. So, with that being said, J.C. Sherbert, who do you like? I think Ole Miss beats them pretty good. I, I just think Mississippi State's out of gas. Uh, good job beating Southern Miss last week and avoiding the upset, but uh, I don't know it's in Starkville, but... I just think Ole Miss has too much firepower for them, and uh, you know some of their guys—they're not even not even playing. So I mean, I think I think Ole Miss gets them by about thirteen, fourteen. Jamie Bradford. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I think old I don't think this is going to be one of the closer ones in this series. Maybe for a little while, but I like Ole Miss late to cover that ten. 
Uh, I also like Ole Miss. I, I think Mississippi State's in disarray right now, yeah. and I don't think there's a win-one for the Gipper-type situation at all here. Uh, Ole Miss beats teams they're better than, and then they lose to the teams they're worse than. They, yeah. They're probably one of the most predictable teams in college football. Uh, I'll take Ole Miss minus the 10. Mad Dog. 10 points is a lot. Uh, but I, I think they cover, so give me old minutes. <laughs> all right, so far we've all agreed on everything. That's going to change right here. <laughs> I'm in the Commonwealth. Another underrated rivalry. Kentucky and Louisville, yes, they do play football, and they both are very passionate about it. Uh, Kentucky is getting seven points. Louisville obviously has more to play for. I'm going to go with Stoops. I'm going to go with UK. I'm not just saying that because my wife's in the other room. I'm going to take the Wildcats plus the seven. Who's that? Is it it my turn? Uh, Sorry. uh, That would be we're going down the ladder. Mad Dog. Down. All right. Yeah, I agree. Give me uh, me Kentucky and the points. I think Louisville pulls out the win, but Kentucky's going to cover this up. West Canaan's own J.C. Sherbert. Louisville to cover. No, I don't think Kentucky's going to be. A, Louisville's defense is very underrated. So, okay, the pride of the Port City, Jamie Bradford. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I with JC. I don't, I don't think this thing's that close. Uh, okay. Now the Wildcats have won four straight, and uh, they've done it in fine fashion. By the way, scoring at least forty-five points in three of those four games. How about that? Huh? Beating the snot out of them. Louisville's better, and I think Louisville will cover it at home. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. By the way, not only have they beaten Louisville a bunch, they've they've celebrated probably a little too much for Louisville's liking. Mm-hmm. This would be a pretty good revenge spot. Uh, I, I got to say too, you know, I'll be interested to see what the Wildcats look like when they get kicked in the teeth once this weekend. Old Ray Davis last week, pretty vocal about wanting to be the bell cow, and he uh, he was not the bell cow. So mm-hmm. we'll see if they go back to trying to force the football to him, and if they do does that make it one-dimensional and we'll see what happens you kind of wonder if the secret sauce has run out for kentucky i don't think they're like going to go in the doldrums or anything but they haven't had a dominating defense the last couple of years they haven't had a great offensive line the last couple of years i mean you had essentially a first round quarterback in will levis last year you couldn't really do any, do much with him then you get a a transfer that everybody was excited about in devin leary and he has his worst year in college football, so, and and yet here I am taking Kentucky plus plus the seven. So what the hell do I know? All right, Iron Bowl, Bama getting fourteen and a half, giving fourteen and a half at Auburn. By the way, this is the ten year anniversary yeah. of the kick six. And if you folks want to hear a true radio pro, not a canned cliche on the call, not something you wrote down on the hotel napkin the night before, listen to the late Rod Bramlett. Call, go on YouTube, go on whatever, listen to Rod Bramlett, call that as it happened. It's authentic, it's fantastic, um, it is everything that it that it should be when you have a professional doing your games. Uh, Rod Bramlett, sadly, him and his wife got killed in a car crash God. not long ago on an intersection that I've probably been at a hundred times in Auburn, Alabama. Mm. They're just at a park light, some... Some idiot came flying in at like 90 miles an hour and struck them and killed them. But 10-year uh, anniversary of the kick six. I remember where I was, where I watched it. 
and uh, and I remember the call forever, and so too will Auburn fans. All that being said, Schubert, who do you like? I remember that call in the middle of it. The guy next to Rod goes, "Oh my God!" Because <laughs> uh, also authentic. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll never. I was at the Clemson South Carolina game that night. And heard about oh, it. Yeah. All my Auburn friends started going, "Oh my God! Oh my God!" Uh, I'm gonna go with the Tide to cover. I'm, I'm feeling this one's kind of like thirty to thirteen ish, that kind of thing. Auburn's gonna show up, and they'll they'll make a better account of themselves than they made last week for sure. But I don't I don't foresee any massive upset happening. Although, when the game's at Jordan Hare, sometimes there's craziness. I mean, you, you guys remember a couple of years ago, Auburn had them beat, and this was a team with Bryce Young and. Everybody else. And and Brian Harson was coaching Auburn. Remember what you happened know? at yeah. the end? Yeah. Tank Bigsby could have ran out of bounds mm. and, and, and or excuse me, could have gone down inbounds, instead mm. ran out of bounds, and that gave Bryce Young Set just enough up. time. Jeez. Yeah, so who knows? Who knows? It's at Jordan here. But I, I, I feel like this will be one of those games where Alabama's just got too much for them. Jamie Bradford. Yeah, in Alabama's last five games, they scored 24 against Arkansas. They scored 34 against Tennessee, then 42 against LSU, then 49 against Kentucky, then 66 against Chattanooga. Are they going to score more than 66 against – no, they're not. But they are going to cover the 14-and-a-half this week, and I, Auburn will be fired up to play. Bama is – I agree with everything J.C. said earlier today. They're one of the best four teams in college football. They're going to prove it on Saturday. I agree with uh, with all your sentiments. I am curious how that line is 14 and a half, considering what Auburn, just the, the pterodactyl-sized egg they just the laid egg. at Jordanaire Stadium against the, the mighty Aggies of New Mexico State. It, it goes to show you people in Vegas still believe Auburn in a rivalry game will show up, but I don't think it'll be enough. I'll take Bama big. Mad Dog. Yeah, I, I concur. I'm with you fellers. Bama, big time. All the weird stuff happens on the planes. I just don't think it gets weird enough for Bama to lose this game. Uh, final one. Over, yes, under, like personal foul penalties in this rivalry game that is Carolina-Clemson. One and a half. Mad Dog, will start with you, sir. Uh, personal foul. Personal foul, unsportsmanlike conduct. You know, yeah, like unsportsmanlike. Yeah, uh, give me the over. Give me the over. Now, by the way, I should point out targeting does not count here. Oh, we're oh. The, mm-hmm. we're not talking targeting penalties. Hey, you're, so you're just talking about getting in a in a little bit of a scuffle out there. Scuffle, yeah, exchange. Or at Clemson, yeah. they call that sticking your their finger in your butt. At least that's what Ben Bowler did. Yeah, but they don't call that there. Oh, they, what do they call that's it? They standard call it operating they, procedure. They, oh, it tickles. Uh, I'm, so I'm, it's, I'm over too. I think there are going to be some offsetting penalties somewhere early. I'm over. Let me let me clarify, and I thank you, Charles, for asking. No, a, a face mask penalty is not what we're looking for here. It, it's it's fracas type stuff. It's you know, it's late hit out of bounds. It's somebody takes a shot at somebody. It's a true, um, 
personal foul type of penalty. Late, late yeah. hit would qualify. Well, just like what Devo did last week where he tackled the guy cleanly, but yet the moron with the jersey on decided to throw a 15-year penalty for tackling. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. Not that. But you get credit for that because it was called unnecessary roughness. Which yeah, we're mean. talking about scuffles here. Like, well, yeah, get, not hands get, to the you, face. You not, get flagged for being a jerk on the field. Yeah, I mean, not, we know what that looks like. All right, so no face mask, no hands to the face. Basically, anything that involves cheap shots slash fighting slash yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not all. Like, yeah. You know what it is? It's dead ball personal fouls. Thank you. That's what I meant. That's okay, see. Go. That's what I should have said. That's what Jamie did say. Think now we're all clear on that. Yeah. Dead ball, personal fouls. Mm-hmm. Over, under, one and a half. Okay, so Mad Dog, you're over. I'm over. I'm over. I'll say there's two. Schubert? I'm going under. Jamie, you're over. I'm, I've got offsetting, so I'm going over. Somebody will get into it with somebody. They'll throw the flags to... Make the statement, hey, we're not going to put up with that around here. And uh, they'll get calmed down. I'm going to say cooler heads prevail, and I'm going to go, maybe we get one of them. Maybe we get one cheap shot, but 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 that's it. So I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. We've had some, everybody remembers the infamous brawl in last the last Lou Holtz game. <laughs> Good Lord, how many how many were in that that situation? Uh, yeah, that was ugly. That was not a good moment. And then days later, Holtz is fired and Spurrier is hired. That was a very interesting time to cover South Carolina football, let me tell you. Actually, uh, I think, you know what? 23, yes. 4, it was November 22nd. That was 19 years ago today. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That Spurrier got hired. Wow. You know, the day Spurrier got hired at South Carolina is the day I uh, did my first interview at Rivals.com, and that led to me trans, you know, transitioning off of newspapers and onto the Internet. I knew you so I did. I was I standing outside of Norway in Epcot. There you I go. Was, I was at I every one it. of those. I was, I was at the game corporate. and had to do a post-game show after the brawl and loss. Then at the Lou Holtz getting fired presser with Mike McGee and the Spurrier getting hired presser. And I can tell you uh, that whole thing was just surreal. And that the Spurrier getting hired and watching him show up in a, in a garnet jacket. And it was just like, is this really happening? Is Steve Spurrier taking the job at South Carolina? And I'll tell you this, and I've talked to him about it before. With all due respect to Mike McGee, who will always get credit for the hire, Steve wanted this job. It, this this was not a, you know, Mike took him out to a, a nice steak dinner in Columbia, which back then you couldn't get a good steak dinner in Columbia, uh, and just wooed him with his charm and grace. Uh, Steve wanted to be back in the SEC, and he wanted to go to a program that had that he could do things that had never been done before, and for all the criticism of Lou at the end, Lou did do some things that helped elevate the program. And I think all of that helped sell Steve on taking that job, and the rest is history. The rest hey, that's is- the Fab Five presented by uh, the mighty folks, Suki and Salsaritas. And by the way, you guys were right, and, and I'm an idiot. I think I've said that twice already today. It is pronounced Mets. So congratulations to mm. last week's winner, Matt Metz of Irmo who they used to call uh, New York like the Mets when he was back in the Army. So we got an Army guy, 
a guy in Irmo and a Fab Five champion. I mean, if if that doesn't earn you respect in this great land of ours, I don't know what will. <laughs> Final couple of minutes here on ITG before we head off for our Thanksgiving holiday. We wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. We'll leave you today with our video of ourselves. I'll uh, give you a little bit of a look behind the curtain at what we are thankful for this holiday season as we divulge over the next couple of days, watch some ball, and then reconvene on Friday at 11 o'clock here. Before we go, though, final couple couple of quick trivia questions for all of you as it is Rivalry Week, and we want to make sure that we get these things in. While um, Mike Morgan is on the air with us, you all know the rules, so I'll just, I won't waste any time. I'll jump right into it. Listen carefully. What two teams play in the game known as the Heroes game. Raise your hand if you have the answer. The Heroes game. Ooh, Phil. Phil coming in hot. Is that what they call Army Navy now? No. <laughs> the Heroes game. Nobody? The, the, the Merchant Marine Institute versus... <laughs> Coast Guard Air Force. West Canaan versus Permian High. No. Burns Dorman. Go ahead. All right. I'll give all of you one more shot at this. It is a game being being played this weekend. And it is a game being played this weekend in the Big Ten. What? Iowa and Nebraska. Is known the as hero the heroes game, Jeez. Iowa okay. and Nebraska. When was that nickname? That's a manufactured Burn. rivalry. Uh, I mean, really? I they're border there. states. I mean, they're, they're but it's a lot like Arkansas and Missouri. Iowa, it's kind of a force. That is actually a hated rivalry, from what I understand. Like that is a pretty hated rivalry uh, in terms of those states being the, the proximity and kind of the mm-hmm. culture and everything else. But no, I've that, what? that nickname does nothing for me. Okay. Well, here's the next question. What is over on the <laughs> Arkansas and Missouri play in what is known as the what? Oh, I know. You see, go ahead. Red line rivalry. That's the red line. Right. No, well, that's what they called it to begin with. What do they call it now? We have to give the other gentlemen an opportunity. I, I got nothing. I, I, I don't, you gave me multiple line, choice. Battle line rivalry. Battle line. Battle. Okay. Battle. I knew that was. Yeah. Okay. I, that was me mixing words up. Sorry. Okay. This game will also be played this weekend. It is uh, what two teams play in the game, commonly referred to as the Commonwealth Cup. Well, that's Louisville, Kentucky. Mike, you didn't raise your hand. You didn't oh, raise sorry. your hand. Right. <laughs> and I was gonna, I was gonna give Mike a chance to answer that one, man, because that's uh, yeah. that was pretty uh, easy. That would be. No, you're right. Oh God, I got the answer. I got the answer. It's Virginia, oh, Virginia Tech. Virginia, Virginia. Oh, uh, how did I? Uh-huh. I let Mike sneak right one here. in on me there. I was like. We've been talking about Kentucky. So, so you know, the Commonwealth Cup is Virginia, Virginia. I heard I'm Commonwealth, sorry. and I just jumped right at it. There's two Commonwealths, Virginia and Kentucky. That's right. Okay. Uh, our, our man, uh, when is that game? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. I mean, what what time? Oh, uh, I guess I don't know. Probably. probably it's not, not a big deal. I'm just saying our man, uh, Gary Patterson, might be working that game. 
uh, three thirty on the ACC network. Yeah, yeah. I know he's not working Carolina Clemson. No. He's not allowed to do that one. But That's yeah. a hated rival. That's a those two schools. i really don't like each other either. I feel I want to give both of them a hug. I mean, that used to be like a, a really good rivalry with two successful programs, and what the hell? They've they're better. I mean, they they got better. I mean, Virginia beat Duke the other day, uh, and and Tex won some games this year. But yeah, they, yeah, it's not like it used to be when you had Sean Moore and Herman Moore and Terry Kirby for Virginia and George Welch, Rondé Barber and, and George Welch. And then Vertech had all those great teams under Beamer. But it's uh, it's been described to me as a bunch of snotty, snooty people and regular people versus a bunch of regular people because because Tech is actually ver- the state university of Virginia. It's where all like the the normal kids from Virginia go. It, Tech has just, almost it, an SEC feel to it. It is, yeah. And, and Virginia is a, a public Ivy. It's hard to get into. Yeah. It's uh, it's almost like a like a Vanderbilt almost uh, yeah. environment. You, you could just see like a lot of people protesting ignorant stuff, as is very common price today around that campus. Where Tom, Virginia man. Tech, they'd be like, hell no. Just drink a beer. Uh, yeah, yeah. You guys got this upside down. But no, that's uh, definitely say, different uh, cultures. UVA is Thomas F. and Jefferson, baby. Woo! <laughs> it's well, a beautiful that that campus in that area. A bunch of us uh, went out there and, and and went to um, what's it called, uh, Monticello, um, mm-hmm. when Carolina played Virginia in the '06 regional, and Phil Disher hit a ball that still hasn't landed off of Sean Doolittle, who had played in the big leagues for about a dozen years. And they wouldn't give us a hotel anywhere near the stadium because of some conflict. So we had to stay like an hour away and had to bus ride there each and every day. And that pissed off Ray Tanner and everybody on that bus to the point where they took it out on the Cavaliers. Next time, make sure you got hotels ready. You're going to host a regional, have hotel ready for the, for the top seeds. Like kind of a smart thing to do. Just saying. We're out of time and we're out of time on trivia. Thanks. At least we got some good Virginia history into in the program. <laughs> JC, I love that. JC, you and Mike successfully talked your way into you just claiming victory here because I didn't get to ask the other five of these. I ran out the clock. So, uh, Phil, I apologize. <laughs> Took a knee. Phil, the, the, the next ones were easy, and uh, you got cheated. So you get a bottle of chicken cock for being cheated. Phil will put that to good use. I'll take them however they can. I love JJ here. JJ, well done. Well done. Very nice. JJ says, duck after throwing your batteries this week. Clemson will be batting them back with their Bibles. Yeah, here we go again. with. I've never once. I have uh, never once seen anybody throw a damn battery at Williams Bryce Stadium ever. That is is a Clemson urban legend. Let's keep it that way. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we wish all of you the happiest of Thanksgivings. Thank Amen. you so much for uh, being with all of us. Each day we will be back on Friday. But first and foremost, we hope you have a lovely time with your families over the next couple of days. And uh, be safe. And we can't wait to kick off Rivalry Weekend on Friday at 11. Thanks to JC, Phil. And Mike, and of course, thanks to Matt Anderson, Derek Scott, and Perry Orth for joining us earlier. Always thanks to the Chief Eric Church. We'll see you on Friday at 11 a.m. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. And may you build a ladder to the stars and climb on every rung. And may you stay forever young. Stay.